2: To find out more about this incredible foundation and all the work they do, and more importantly, how you can help, head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com.
0: My name's Adam Gregory. I'm one of the festival directors for Bloodstock Open Air. You're listening to the Chronicles of Podcasts with Tom and Jamie.
1: and you uh, put your left hand uh, and then you double wave, motherfuckers. How's it going? Welcome to the Chronicles of Podcasts. We are back again. We're 31 now. We're 31. This is the 31st edition. 3-1. Can you believe it, Jamie? I can't believe it. We're getting so old. We are. <laughs> we really are. <sighs> anyway, I believe that these are the Chronicles of Adam Gregory. They are indeed. Sure. Shall we? I think we should, because my arm's going to fall off
2: in a minute. Hit it! Welcome, everybody, to the 31st edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. i and- Are the Chronicles of Adam Gregory? It is I, the bearded Brummy Jamie, and with me, as always, as always, is this handsome devil.
1: It's Scotsman Tom, right here, looking right at my face. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Chronicles of Podcast. We really appreciate you being here. And back for another week again, Jamie. Another week again. Another week. You know, it's so weird because I feel like, um, it's like, oh, recording's done. Phenomenal, fantastic. That's another week down. We're recording again. What? Like, <laughs> it's the weeks just seem to fly by. <laughs> so, do, to be fair. I feel like I bug Calum all I'm like, mate, treat me. I, I like, just yeah, did awesome. yesterday. I've got yeah. nothing left in me. Get some treatings and I'm like, cool. Thanks, Cal. Can you treat me, please? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's absolutely crazy how quick it comes round. But I've got a question for you, Jamie. Oh, we're starting with a question. I like it. Do you think that COVID is the new chlamydia? Sorry, what? <laughs> what can you transfer can you transfer
2: it via sexual intercourse
1: because you now? have to like text people be like i'm really so i've got covid you have to tell everybody else you've been around <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i mean you have to text those people and be like i I'm- sorry guys i've got covid you're gonna have to let everybody know it's around you that used to be the comedia conversation didn't they, <laughs> the the day? <laughs> oh my god i have not
2: thought of it like that that is so true <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, her." It's true. I've never been in that situation. Let me just clarify that one. Thank you very much.
1: I was at the negation <laughs> party, and just, someone said it, and I was like, "That is fucking genius."
2: It's <laughs> fucking brilliant. I'm yeah.
3: not. <laughs> 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 oh, it's <that's> really tickled me.
1: <laughs> I was just thinking about. It, I was like, "That's so true." Because you have to message people like, "I've got COVID, guys. You have to get tested." That
3: is really
1: good. Which before it's like, "I've got committee. You're gonna have to get tested." Not that I've ever been in that situation either, but do you know what I mean? <laughs> just, just for the record, let's just get that one in there quick. Let's just make that very clear. Neither of us have ever had chlamydia. No. no. So that's just one of those things We are just like, holy shit. That is such a good point. That really is a very good point. <laughs> oh, that's a really good way to
2: start. Thanks, mate. I appreciate it. So how are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. I'm well rested. I'm well rested. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Oh, put that finger away. <laughs> To be fair, I've been keeping busy, so I haven't been that well rested.
1: I wouldn't mind a three weeks off, mate, to be fair. I wouldn't mind three weeks off work. I'm not looking forward to going back, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> really, though? Because surely after a, couple of t- after a bit, you're like, fuck, I read a bit of a routine to be nice. Do you know what I mean?
2: I think because I've been busy, because I was so busy Like on my first week off. like That didn't feel like a week off, because I was so busy. And the last week, I've kept myself relatively busy. So I haven't really rested to have to feel like I've been off work, if that makes any sense whatsoever.
1: Yes, so, yes, I hear you.
2: I reckon by the end of this week, Don, she'll be going go, please let me move some people around. Because that's what I do for a living, not just because I want to go move people.
1: <laughs> That'd be so <laughs> Could you imagine? What's uh what's Jerry doing over the Why is he moving Maribel? Where are you putting? Her? <laughs> Maribel. I've got a neighbor named Maribel now. But- uh, over the street man, yeah. Um <laughs> I've never been jealous, but I don't know. Like- Ed- Edmund walks out. What what are you doing me oh sorry, sorry, mate, what are you doing to your wife there, mate? <laughs> Where are you putting her?
0: Oh, I'm just, going
1: I'm just going to move her to number four. Is that all right? Because I just want to move some people.
2: Yeah. <laughs> just break into people's eyes. Has your bed got fucking wheels? Because I'm moving you down to another
1: room. <laughs> yeah. Whether you want it or not, I'm moving you. It's like the, 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 you put them into the cart and you lift. Come on, Chris. <laughs> come on. I've got to take you down to Kent. Okay, we're going to Kent. So Let's move you down there. Okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> I wonder if removal people are like that, like porters. (laughs) So you're going to have to elaborate on this one. Well, I just like, well, they move people, don't they? Literally, they don't take the people to take the stuff, but it's just, it's like a more advanced porter, isn't it? (laughs) Just because they move all your stuff as well. They do. They do. Yeah. That's just a thought.
2: That's one job I would absolutely hate moving. Moving people. Imagine the pressure you must have to drive carefully, not to smash someone's fucking life.
1: But the thing is, though, you know that you, anything you do break or smash is always the person that they're an asshole. but oh, yeah. you, you never do it to nice people. It's always the people that are like, watch me this, watch me fuck it. Oh, for fuck's sake. I'm not paying you anymore. You're doing this for free now, you bastard. <laughs> that cost me a million pounds, that did. Look, like it was a mirror from B&M.
2: It cost me millions of pounds.
1: It fucking probably does now. It probably does, yeah. Um, <laughs> while, while we're here, not that we do dip political, but I um, just want to say that we stand by Ukraine. So, yes, definitely. You know, like, 100%. That is horrific, what is going on at this current point in time, and it makes no fucking sense. So I implore you to go watch Last Week Tonight with John Oliver from this so from last Sunday, because it's X-L-Ent. I watched a video of a woman... Ukrainian woman go up to some Russian soldiers and ask them to put seeds in their pockets because the sunflower is the national flower of Ukraine and she says please put these seeds in your pockets so that when you die here sunflowers will grow. What an absolute Ooh. legend Sick. and all the Russians can say is you might want to move away before this escalates." she goes what's escalating? I'm just saying to put some seeds in your pocket there's nothing escalating here. Walks off and goes pieces of shit <laughs> <laughs> I bow down to you. I have never wanted to
2: high-five anyone in this world as yeah, hard as I want to high-five beautiful. Right
1: now. So yeah. What a legend. Wherever you can help, please donate and help the people of Ukraine if you can do if you can do so. Absolutely. Just wanted to get that out there. Anyway, how are you? I'm good. I'm good, sir. I'm good. I'm uh in the process of moving at the moment. So um my weekend off was filled with event- quite a few events, actually. It was quite nice. Um, me and the other half have been out and about, whatnot. Do you know what? It's really funny. Um, but I got excited by the purchase of a kettle. How you can that's how you can tell I'm in my mid 30s now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I got really excited because I bought like there was a pop-up, there's a pop-up shop in the St. David Center, USA Sports pop-up shop, NFL, NBA, NHL, and MLB, merchandise everywhere, 20% off. And I was like, you fucking bastards. So I went down there and it was a Steelers hat, all grey. It was stunning. And it had the Steelers logo at the front, but it was like black, but then yellow on the rim. And it was just really nice. 25 quid. And I was like, mm, my kettle's 28. So I literally went, no, I won't buy you hat. As much as I want to wear you, there is a kettle to be purchased. Mr. Stevens <laughs> is a fully grown boy. <laughs> hey, I'm going to need my coffee in the morning. So, you know, moving Very Moving over to Newport, it's going to be, travelling back and forth to work is going to be, uh, not. it's not going to be too much of a pain, actually, because I've changed the bus times and made them later. I'm like, oh, what? Right before I move in. <laughs> Fucking phenomenal. This is amazing. I have to grow up my titties. And then the other half was like, you do realise that there's a 30X which goes down the motorway. It's like, fuck off. So I get it even faster and it, I can get it even later. Stunning.
2: I genuinely don't know what you're going to be
1: excited about then getting the bus later the fact the bus goes on the motorway the fact that it goes later and it goes on the motorway says four stops instead of 57 okay that's pretty I amazing. literally got on the bus this morning and I was just there going oh my days am I going to make it to work on time I got the bus It. I left the other half at quarter past seven and they changed the times I hadn't realised so the bus was at quarter oh. to eight and I was like oh I've been sitting for half an hour outside Ooh. Um but it stopped at every fucking stop imaginable through Mice Glass, through St. Melons, through Old St. Melons, through Rumney, Newport Road, and then City Center. And I was like, fuck's sake, come on. You probably could uh, have gone off and walked it quicker. Probably, well, yeah, um, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, but I still managed <laughs> to get me Greg, so I was quite happy. My, my sausage back with the brown sauce and my coffee, so I was quite happy. Sorted. I don't know how people eat brown sauce. often. me. Not for brown sauce. So- oh, happy brown sauce is fucking magical. It's all about the ketchup. It's all about the ketchup. Not daddy's brown sauce because actually it's weird. But um, and if your jizz is brown, then I'm really concerned about you. <laughs> um, well, people make those. They get- people make the joke, don't they? Oh, you want some of daddy's brown sauce? You're like, why is it brown? Yeah, it's a bit concerning. Yeah, like why is it g- if your jizz is brown, go to the hospital <laughs> because that's worrying. <laughs> <laughs> Adam's going to listen
2: back to this and go who the fuck
1: did I talk to <laughs> yeah I know tell me right um, but yeah brown sauce <sighs> is I, I just I like ketchup but brown sauce is just elite for me it's all elite it's like William Regal
2: the thing that puts me off brown sauce is the fact that tomato sauce, red, red sauce ketchup whatever you know it's tomato based it is a tomato sauce brown sauce what the fuck is it it's brown it's gorgeous. I don't like the, I don't like the, like, the, and I can't think of the word I'm after here, but the fact that not give you the... Says the boy that bought here we go. sprout cheese. Yes, but I know that it contains sprouts and cheese. Well, I like my sauce brown, right? Because, you know,
1: we all love the vegetable that is brown or whatever the fuck they're making this sauce out of. I'm going to have to have a look at it now. I bet it's just spices. <laughs> it's just like, put like spices in some it's in it's just paste. Good. Do you know what I mean? They put it together they're like, this tastes delicious. What should we name it? Well, it's a brownie colour. <laughs> brown
2: sauce?
1: It's it's called HP, but yeah, I see what you mean. I thought I HP know. was the brand. I,
3: don't
2: I like
1: I love HP sauce, it's delicious. Um, but I had I had a very when I said brown sauce, I had a really weird thought in my head of just someone picking the shit up and going, oh, <laughs> oh. I don't know why. Vintage that is. not oh, no, no, <laughs> chewing. Like, what are you chewing for? Oh, it's disgusting. You know what this needs? Bit of daddy's. <laughs> oh. why is your come brown? <laughs> anyway let's please move on <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry about that um, what have you been doing with your stuff my friend? Uh not a fat
2: lot because obviously it's been my time off I uh, went to see the kids on. Ah, oh, oh, amazing day. how was that nice just chill out with Sam and Lena didn't really do a lot with her just chilling out terrible do weather not- so. do you not see Harrison anymore he practically lives with his girlfriend in Gloucester no? so I don't think really get to see him very often because I'm happy mate Precisely, as long as he's happy. I still talk to him all the time, so it's all good. And either uh, We can't also, have sex when my daddy's around, so can we say... No, please, him? no! Not you <laughs> as well! I've got enough of Claire doing that to me. Don't you fucking start. No. Granted, I'm fully aware what age he is, and I ain't stupid, but still, no, I don't want to know.
1: As long as there's
2: it safe. Precisely, but still, no, stop. Bad time.
1: Make uh, sure you wrap it, Harrison. Make sure you keep it wrapped.
2: Shush! Shush! Anyway, I've been... Uh, polishing the turd as i like to call it with this kitchen oh. <laughs> basically this kitchen is exactly the same as when the house was built i'm pretty certain 1974 the oven looks like a fucking safe door it's gonna cost us a fortune to get it done and we can't really afford to get it done so i've been literally like doing a bit of painting sticking some hooks up just doing things to make it look a little bit better i'm gonna stick some like oh, i don't even know what they're called now bits of plastic over the doors to make them look like a brand new pattern i don't know Polishing, oh, okay. a, polishing a turd is basically what I've nicknamed this project. Fair. But, yeah. Why not? Why not? Uh, what else have I been up to? Me and Claire went out the other night, which is absolutely awesome. And I had way a time. We went to a friend Sophie's house just for drinks and chilling out, meeting some new people, and it was fucking great. We had an amazing time. Good. Good. I'm pleased to hear it. Yeah. I very much suffered for it the following day, mind, but yes, it was all good. Do you ever have those hangovers where just like I want to eat anything
1: and everything in sight? I don't even care if I like it; I just want to eat it. I don't think so because I always get that. When you get I get hungover, I always get, I say to like "I can't touch a thing. I can't eat anything right now until I feel like a little bit better." And I go, "Okay, I want to fry up all the grease, please, yeah. boys. All the fucking grease." I just I
2: just wanted to eat anything and everything that day. I was just grabbing things. I wasn't even hungry. It's like. <laughs> I'll probably put all the fucking life back no. in that one day. Sorry, Livia. I got, <laughs> got me to carry away there. Sorry about that. I got carried away there. I didn't mean to eat the child. I do apologize. <laughs> um, uh, other than that, what have I been doing? Yeah, that's about it. Oh, what am I on about? How did I miss the most amazing part of my week? I went to see the Batman.
1: I didn't wonder if this was going <laughs> on. Yeah.
2: Incredible. Absolutely. This is the Batman we all needed i cannot implore you enough to go watch it. it's a proper detective dark noir story it is beautiful it's not like this whole exaggerated comic book story it's an origin proper original style batman story is literally a detective and you follow that crime from beginning to end and oh it's just so beautifully made and i tip my hat to robert battenbat he is incredible as batman and he's an incredible Bruce Wayne. And just, yeah, I take everything back that anyone could have ever said bad about Sparky Vampire Boy. Just
1: incredible. It was, <sighs> by, it was directed by the guy who made the Cloverfield movies, wasn't it? Uh, Matt Reeves, yes. I know he did the yeah. recent Planet of the X movies as well. So, yes, and I, I love did, yeah. those. So, yeah. I haven't seen
2: them. They're on my list. It's really good. I know you're not a big DC fan, but I employ, I really highly. It's three hours long, mind, but definitely go. Go. is it? Three hours long, but it doesn't feel it. I don't think. But that was me and my
1: little batsy element being like, oh, "It's Batman!" So you know, yeah. I might watch it at some point, maybe, maybe when it comes out rather than in the cinema. I don't know. Because obviously, me neither. Half dare take it in turns. So. You do. I know. really, really, really good.
2: um I am almost towards the end of season five of Agents of Shield. That ending, mate. Oh, I. i've I think I can remember what happens, and I'm not looking forward to. It. I'll be honest; this season's not been as bad as I remember it. It's not been the best. It's definitely
1: the worst of the five, but it's not been as bad as I remember it. You're going to overtake me soon because I'm on season six, episode three, and I just can't be arsed. <laughs> yeah, probably will overtake you soon. I don't remember
2: the start. Of se- if memory serves, a start of season six is when we went, "Oh fuck this," and we didn't carry it
1: on. So I'm kind of dreading that new series. Yeah. I mean it finished at seven it's only half it's only half the series or something, it's only half the episodes. Oh, is it? I'm not actually so kidding. like Gotham was half I only really finished that. I can't be asked to finish that in the end. Yeah, that got pretty poor
2: towards the end yeah, as well.
1: Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame that they, they carry on and you're like, This is not good. I know. I'm I'm really enjoying it. i remembering bits like I really liked the guy
2: that played Cassius. I really liked him. I was like, he's a good actor. I enjoyed watching him. Mm, yeah. No, not a fan. I quite liked watching him. What makes me laugh is I feel like I'm turning into Mac because every time something happens in that show he's like here we go again. Oh look <laughs> now there's an alien. Oh look now there's a robot. I'm just like you are us.
1: Mac is the audience. Just like going fuck me. You'll never beat season four. <laughs> nah. You never. will never get to John Hanna and that it was amazing but that's just my opinion. So. No no yeah. absolutely loved it but I'm, look- I'm looking forward to carrying on and finishing it though because yeah. I like to complete these things.
2: And I might go back and revisit Agent Carter afterwards as well. Because oh, I never
1: I've watched one episode, I loved it, and I
2: never carried it on. That is the sounds about right for you. Yeah. Yeah, true, yeah. very true. Yeah. And the only thing I did this week is I finally listened to the brand new Lavina. And it's really good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I listened to it once and I was like, this is all right. I put it on again because like second opinion and really enjoyed it. Even Olivia liked it. She started dancing to it. She's like, What's this, Daddy? I like this. So
1: nice. Go. Good. Have you listened to it yet? No. Yeah, it's pretty good. Check it out. Okay, I might do. I don't what know. We'll, just, we'll see. What have you been up to? Um, Of course. Um, So I've been in a lot. I've been rhianna Ryn a lot this week, actually. Um, And we've done two interviews. Yeah, we did two interviews. i um,
2: missed <laughs> miss those um, last week. We did, two. <laughs> yeah.
1: we did two interviews. Um, One is about to be out. Is this one this Friday? Yes, um, and one is out next week. Which I, if you go on our TikTok slash Instagram, you will find out who that is. Um, so they were really good, really, really good. Um, big things are coming put it that way. Uh, very excited. Um, we're also planning uh, to put a show on live. We are. So hopefully we'll get that sorted as well. So quite excited to get that that done. Um, that'll be amazing, mate. Like I am pumped for that uh so re-entering uh we've been to the cinema and we saw enchanted um, ah. so i liked it the other half really enjoyed it i like it but because i'm because i love the game so much i picked up so much shit i was like that's wrong that's wrong that's wrong <laughs> This is you- where i was intrigued what you were gonna say because i know you're a big fan of the games so like i fucking love the games um I won't give this. There's a bit that I was a bit like that's fucking cool. That that was a bit like okay, that's that's brilliant. That's what just happened there. Um, so, uh, but Mark Warburg is sully, and I'm like, no, you've really got the character wrong here. Uh, he's meant to be an old man with a mustache, smoking a cigar. There's a there's a scene in the trailer where he's smoking where he's got a cigar and he's got a mustache, and you don't see it. It's not in the movie. I was a bit like, oh. Huh. Unless, unless it's an after-scene credit I missed. Because um, it ends really open, which I quite like. But Tom Holland was great. Tom Holland's joke was great. I would Myself, I would have had Nathan Fillon, But, um, yeah, Mark Wahlberg's Sully just didn't work and they didn't get his character and he it wasn't Sully.
3: That's,
1: um, that was the one thing I took off. I've not properly played the games. I've ever played the games. But he
2: always looked a lot older than Tom Holland looks to me. I originally thought that Mark Drake Wahlberg a... was going to
1: be Drake. <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah, I don't know where they've set it because there's parts in the movie that are from the games. The plane scenes from the game um, and the orphanages from the game. And there's a couple of other bits as well. I was like, it's from the game as well. That's quite cool. Um, but yeah, this, like Mark Wahlberg, it's uh, mm, good. actor. I like Mark Wahlberg, but it's just that's not a part he should, They should have given to like, I don't know, Dustin Hoffman or something, like someone a bit older
2: a older person, yeah.
1: Yeah, because that's how Sally is. He's a womanizing, cigar smoking old dude. That unless, like, unless they've gone younger so they can do it as a franchise and they get older. I think that's what they have done. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. It was it. it it's still it's good. I liked it. The, the, the cast, Chloe Fraser, spot on. Absolutely spot on. Um, but yeah, it's all right. It's good. I did enjoy it. I found that I was like, like gripped. Do you know what I mean? But. It was just Marlowe was just annoying me. No, it's not his fault. It's just that it's, that's not silly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'd say, yeah, that was good. Uh, and I've been at the halves all weekend. We, um, what, what, what have we been doing? We've not been. ah. Oh. <laughs> so I seshed with Braden last Thursday. We were seshing and we were chatting away because obviously we've got some things in the works, etc. Um. with the wonderful Sophie Lancaster Foundation and Stead Cozy combination um, and we were just chatting away and he I said oh what have you and are you and have you been up to um, and he turned around and he's like oh I've been watching the show Love is Blind and I was like okay and he went check it out he goes just just trust me so I put it on it's just always some trashy reality thing Mate, I'm, I'm fucking hooked oh, fuck For fuck's I'm sake. so annoyed <laughs> <laughs> I was watching within the half and I was like I'll watch one episode and we'll see what happens and I was just like he doesn't deserve to be there what's he doing who was this fucking bitch? Like, I was just like <laughs> and <then> the past <laughs> going, I love you so much. Like, why? It was because you're so into it and it's making, and I just love it. And she loves all that sort of stuff. So I was there going, like, this is ridiculous. How can you say shit that like to her? <laughs> no. <laughs> so cheers, Braden, you fuck. What what why is love blind? What is it? So basically it's a social experiment to see if, if love is really blind. So you get 12, 12 dudes, 12 girls. The girls will see each other, the guys, but the guys and the girls don't, meet, don't see each other at all. They talk to each other in these pods and it's like a proper frosted steam door so they can never see each other, but they chat. And okay. if, they, if they connect on like an emotional level. Okay. And if you want, but it, this is the nuts bit. If you want to see them, you have to propose to get to the next stage of the, of the competition to see, if, to see if love is truly blind. So you have to propose, get engaged to them and then you see them for the first time and then you get set up on a holiday to see if like there's a physical connection is there and then they go and meet friends and family and stuff after that. So like, I've just got to the, fr- the first episode of Friends and Family. I've just finished the Mexico part and now I'm on Friends and Family I'm on season one. I'm like, oh, but the- I've already got a guy I absolutely love and I really wanted to work out with him. I was just like, for God's sake.
2: <laughs> I love how invested you are.
1: Yeah, I love it. Team Cameron and Lauren, hopefully they're
2: uh, if you start watching Love Island, we're gonna have words.
1: No, 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 oh, no, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's no, right, no. That would never happen. Um, So that happened then on Saturday. Me and the other half went to Bristol, Um, and we um went to an engagement party in Bristol, and that was really nice, really, really nice. Really enjoyed that. And with a friend of hers, she met in Canada, who just happens to live in Bristol. Oh, again. Um, so that was cool. So we did that for we there for a couple of hours, and we drove back. Uh, and then Sunday, I moved some stuff up my flat, out my house, um, into her mum's. Uh, I went and bought the kettle, like I said earlier, which I was very excited about. Um, went over to her friend's house because um, they had some stuff. And just had to go and say hello and see them for a little bit. That was quite nice as well. We made dinner. Uh, it was just lovely. It's a really nice weekend. Obviously, Ariana today. So, a, has the other half
2: managed to steal any uh, new more freebies off the of Facebook marketplaces,
1: mate? <laughs> Did I tell you about that? she got cushions for the bed. No. Did I tell you about that? And I was like, wait, cushions for the bed? Oh, cushions yeah, yeah. for the sofa. So cushions for the bed. What um, she you got cushions pic- for the bed? It's like a display thing. It makes it look nice, doesn't it, I suppose. Um, her friend gave us loads of stuff, like really nice stuff as well. So that's fully appreciated. Thank you so much um and then uh we've got she got she, we we're gonna get a table for the balcony but then we we're like well we don't know how wide the balcony is we've got a balcony i'm so excited we've got a balcony mm-hmm. at, overlooking the river it's gonna be so nice um so yeah man so not too much free stuff we got we got a hoover right uh that's like a decent hoover no i'm yeah, <laughs> no, no I just laughed away we got a hoover <laughs> it looks like it's about 150 pound it as a dream it's beautiful Happy days. So I, you cannot not go wrong with that, mate. So that's, that's, yeah. Don't dump, donate Newport. Cheers. And uh, as far as I'm aware, I've just been loving a bit of Phil Campbell, the Bastard Sons. You do seem to be a tad bit obsessed with this band. Since it's a great bit album. You know, the album's just fantastic. Really, really enjoying it. So that's why I've been listening to that and Memphis Fire because a new album's out soon. Beautiful. Absolutely. Hello. Is that everything or we all caught up? I think we should go and hear from our friends over at Stay Cozy. Hey, Jamie, do you like being cosy? I do. And do you like staying cosy? I like that even more. Then just heading over to www.staycozyclothing.com where you can find
2: hoodies, tees, sweaters and
1: much, much more. And just enter The Chronicles as one word at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And make sure you follow them on the Instagram at Stay Cozy Clothing to keep up to date with all the new designs. Remember guys, that's The Chronicles as one word at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And now back to this week's episode. Oh, thank you, Mr. Braden, you beautiful man, you and your... Cozy clothing Yeah we love it Please go and use The Chronicles At checkout To get 10% Off your order And look out For the new line Coming this April I'm Excited Jamie
2: Yes sir Oh it's that time Isn't it I know that face It's
1: time for Callum's Treachings <laughs> Do you want to know Something Callum Will be able to tell you In Callum's Treachings it's cereal soup. Ooh. Right. Callum is back again oh. to treat the world.
2: How excited are you? I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I can only
1: imagine. Jamie! <laughs> yes, sir. What is Callum treating us this week? If you throw a rock into the deep ocean, there's a good chance that you'll be the last human to ever touch that rock.
3: Oh my
2: God.
1: Oh my fuck.
3: That's insane.
2: Oh, wow. <laughs> that's. Oh, he's blowing mines this week.
1: I love it. He oh. blew mines last week as well. He's just oh, yeah. on one. He's just on one at the moment. That's such a good point. That is a really good point. Because divers don't go for rocks, do they? They go for no. experience. <laughs> Does this kind of make you want to get a rock? Write
2: your name and your telephone number on it and be like, if you find this, give us a text and see if it comes to, see if it happens.
1: Was it just me being a sad bastard? No, not being a sad bastard. I'm just like, why'd you put your telephone number on it? Why do not you put something like, I don't know. They can let me know then if someone else found the rock. Why put Jamie was W-O-Z ear. 22. Why do people do that? Why is that? Uh, I was like, what can I, what can I deface in this wolf? Uh, I know. Andy uh, was here, Uh 20. It's like the bit, it's like when couples, like,
2: Chavs do the graffiti, the couples are like, Sarah and Bob, the
1: number four,
2: EVA. <laughs> what are you doing? Eva. For Eva. For Eva.
1: Because no then, one's ever breaking a subject th- okay. They, the really funny ones where they go like, Want some dick? Here's a number. <laughs> like, why do people do that as well?
2: It's so weird. There's I so don't... much of it. I, I went to the park with the kids and there were so many things like that, like, engraved into tables and stuff like that. I was like, this is bad.
1: Like, kids play. Yeah. <laughs> this is the way the world is now, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Jamie. <laughs> yes, sir. What else is Callum treating us this week? When butterflies fall in love, what do they feel in their stomachs?
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's a oh my
2: god, human. was yeah, going to say, "Oh, I've got humans in my tummy." <laughs> <laughs> Snakes? I don't know. Snails? That's what? insane. That's another one. That that arcs back to previous conversations i have had on
1: this show. Butterflies in the st- what? What does Ooh, That even mean that's, I don't know, because obviously, I think that's the feeling of like the flapping, isn't it? The, the feeling, I think that's oh, where yeah, it comes yeah. from, yeah, because you feel a bit like, Oh, <laughs> oh, I definitely love this one.
3: Ooh.
1: I get him, I get him when I'm around <laughs> in half all the time, so um, I, that feeling. I still get them all the time now. I just god, I love that girl. Um, yeah, I don't know, it's just it, it, oh, I, I don't know, Callum, I don't know, all right. For Not now, I love that. Would you say? Um, would we'll I say uh, crickets? Crickets work. Crickets work. They, they're crickets, or you know,
2: uh, butterflies uh, are quite small. So, would it, isn't a cricket bigger than a butterfly? I don't think it. Does it matter?
1: I don't know. Uh, I
3: don't
1: think, <laughs> oh, I've got amoebas in my belly. Oh, oh, got some sharks going on. <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts. But it's, again, it's those things that you just you never think you never ever hmm. think about. That, do you ever? No. I love that. that the boy amazing. A, the boy is a fucking genius. He is. So finally, what is Callum us this week? Teenagers today will never understand the beauty and the struggle of T9 texting. What's t- what? T- t9 texting? I have no idea. Oh, is that where it's like 990, 88? Oh, eight. yes. I know what you I mean. Oh, yeah, oh. the beauty? That yellow,
2: the beauty—that wasn't a beauty. Color it was a pain <laughs> in the ass. <laughs> the stress, knowing how long your text messages are, Mister Stevens. That must have taken you about six weeks to write a text you message. Know,
1: I never had a phone until I was about fourteen, and i i do not that like, This thing was a brick, though. Like it was—it's was that it's was like a Motorola, and it had that tiny little screen across the front. So it was like you could only put so many. Yeah, you used to have like fifteen characters. <laughs> yeah bit stupid. Yeah, it wasn't a lot it's nuts how far technology's come um but yeah that was insane
2: yeah now more uh, i think about it the more of a nightmare that was i don't think i could do it now i don't think i'd remember how to do it how could you do capitals then you have to go
1: through the i think you
2: have to, think you do... had to howl down on the button did you i think so or was it like one me. of the buttons was like shift i think like star or something was like a shift. it's like it's like the landline it's, like,
1: it's like the landlines version of the, the, the twirly phone thing for nine nine nine, yeah. Look, the house is burning down. <laughs> ah,
2: <laughs> hurry up! That's <laughs> all right. We'll burn a bit. We'll burn a bit. We'll burn a bit. We'll burn a bit. <laughs> burn a bit. Burn a bit. Yes, Lee Evans. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that, Lee
1: Evans. Oh God! Oh, I'm reminiscing there, Callum. God damn it! I never had a Nokia either. I know I was never a Nokia user. I think I went from that to an Alcatel. That went to a Sony Ericsson. Yeah, that's my flip phone. I loved my flip phone. Um, I thought it was so cool back in the day, the flip phone. Hello? (laughs) 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 I love the fact they've made a comeback.
2: Have they? Yeah, Becky has a flip phone. The Samsung Flip. It literally, it's a normal phone that just folds in half. What? Yeah, it looks like a uh, a tricorder from my Star Trek.
1: It just opens out. That blows my mind. Yeah, they're, they're weird. Technology is nuts these days, like absolutely nuts. The Vegetable. phone, I, the phone I wanted is a fold, and it's literally like
2: a normal phone, and you fold it open, and it's a tablet. What? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, who calls that?
1: Nuts! Absolutely <laughs> mental. Well. Callum, thank you for the uh, next edition of Callum's treatings. We Th- Thoroughly, thoroughly love it when you come here to treat us all. We do.
2: And now I really want to see if I can still type on a fucking old T9. Yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't even know it was Just... called T9, but there we go. Didn't Nokia make a comeback? Shouldn't they've got a Nokia you can find somewhere? I don't know. I'm pretty certain I saw they re-released the 3310. I don't know why they re-released the
1: 3310. The original
2: ones probably still work. So I don't know why they re-released it. Yeah. Hello?
1: Fucking Dom Jolly. I forgot about that. Nurture Happy TV. That was it. Come on, Jamie. Oh, you're going to read something for us. It's time for Tom's Journal. (laughs) And welcome to another edition of Tom's Journal. Right. Welcome to another edition of Tom's Journal. Let's see what I have for you today, ladies and germs. So, me. So, how long should I roast asparagus in the oven? Food blogger. Wondering how long to roast asparagus? Come here. I've got your answer. Me. Cool. Thank you. Food blogger. I was born on a farm in Tennessee. My father was an (laughs) angry man with three fingers on each hand. A war injury. (laughs) I've
2: never roasted asparagus in my life, but that is so painfully true. I fucking hate that. When you're looking for a recipe, you're like, okay, I just want the recipe. Go yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God.
1: Five hours, I'm still scrolling. Come on. I was looking for this recipe three days ago. I'm still going. <laughs> don't you ever find this is so true? This really made me laugh a lot. People who don't have sugar in their tea or coffee always feel so fucking proud of themselves, don't they? Oh, yeah. If you are anything like my dad, None for me, I'm sweet enough as it is. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> I I just don't care. I I don't have sugar. I don't have sugar in my tea or coffee. As bad as vegans. Oh, I, I do. I, I definitely do I have two. That's, that's, should I be proud of that? Or do I need to go and throw a party for it or what? <laughs> so people are
2: like, oh then you can do that. Well, easily I get a spoon and
1: put it in. <laughs> people are weird. So this really made me laugh as well. Football is mint for so many reasons, but I like how I'm actually fucking incredible at geography on the sly. Just by pure osmosis, we know Exeter to Carlisle is a six-hour trip. Andorra is a time mountainous republic between Spain and France, and Iceland is home to about 350,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. It's true though, there's a quiz we do a quiz every day at work, and today there was a question which was um, where is Tarlin in Europe? And I was like, Arsenal Estonia. They're like, Yes, well done. (laughs) Why do you know that? (laughs) Because I used to work at a bookies and we had um, every league under the sun that people were betting on, so I knew Tarlin was this. Oh of course, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you retain that information? Because I'm weird, like I remember weird shit. Yeah, yeah, that's true, you do. But Jamie. Hello. I love the term partner. Are we dating? Are we detectives on the case together? (laughs) Are we cowboys? Are we cowboy detectives in a relationship? There's no bad answer. (laughs) (laughs) Are we cowboy detectives in a
2: relationship? (laughs) (laughs) You're right, though. That is
1: a really good point. Yeah, I love it. It's a great word. Oh. (laughs) But I also feel that vampires use way too much 90s slang. Vampires who say booyah when they get too excited. Vampires who mix all slang from the past five centuries mercilessly within the same breath and don't even try to stop it anymore. Uh Unhand me, you egg-sucking, lily-livered, jive-talking wackadoo. Foul villain. Cur, I bite my thumb at thee, you ugly motherfucker. So hassle-a-bye-bye, (laughs) daddy-o.
2: because vampires don't die. I was going to say, that's a really good, like the more you are saying it, the more I thinking, yeah, they've gone through so many different, like fads and stuff over the years. They must have picked up yeah. quite a
1: few different things. So all that slams gonna be nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's actually quite clever
2: as well. That's funny. I like that.
1: <sighs> but this, I think is just unfathomable. That should never be happening. I saw someone eating a tube of Pringles in the street yesterday. Properly blew my fucking mind because Pringles are an indoor crisp. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: now i'm thinking
2: you know one of them ones we don't react because you're too busy thinking it was one of them ones yeah who the fuck standing in the middle of the street eating a tube of pringles it's like, it's like no one eats yogurt outside do they no my like, spoon unless it's a frou-b. you get away with a froube you eat a froube outside uh, kids take them to school and sometimes eat them in the playground so what's like, like an
1: outdoor food restaurants i suppose burgers
2: yeah. They're outdoor
1: food. Pies are outdoor food. I'd say fruit, but then you got to deal with all the skins and shit. That's what bins are for, mate.
2: Well, not true. But you don't really carry it around. Yeah, that's mm. yeah, fair. But yeah, I, was just, I yeah. thought it was mental. I need to stop thinking too much about this. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't you sleep, Jamie? What's an indoor food? What's an
1: outdoor food? <laughs> 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 Oh, but then again, Jamie, yesterday one of my good friends told me I often make people uncomfortable by violating their personal space. It was a really hurtful thing to say and it completely ruined our bath. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I thought you might enjoy that I little one. Like that. <laughs> Everyone loves a dad joke every now and again. They do, especially. But- if I ever call you my love, my darling, or my dear, please know I don't mean it in a romantic way. I mean it in a Dracula way. My love, my darling, my dear. Ah, ah, ah.
2: <laughs> worth it just to get you to the voice.
1: I thought you might say that.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> Although I did think you were going to go full Sesame Street at one point. Sesame one, Street. One,
1: ah, oh. ah. Uh, uh, two, ah, uh, ah. Uh. One cookie, ah, ah, ah. Two cookie, ah, 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 I love the count censored on YouTube. It's so fucking funny. The count censored? 24. Yeah, it it out. It sounds like it just says fucking all the time. <laughs> <Order>. <laughs> so funny. The entire Lord of the Rings movie... From the rings perspective. Okay. Hand, hand, river, dirt, golem, hobbits, pockets, pockets, <laughs> finger, envelope, fire, hand, neck, neck, finger, hobbits, neck, 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 pocket, finger, lava. It's just like I saw the entire trilogy. <laughs>
2: where I expected that to go but it weren't there that was fucking brilliant
3: <laughs> oh.
1: and finally a Mexican magician said he will disappear on the count of three he says uno dos poof he disappeared without a trace <laughs> oh, for <fuck's> sake. <laughs>
3: Oh. oh
2: that is a fantastic way to end
1: the journal. I like that. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna give you a special extra one because I actually jumped a bit too far ahead there. Oh, okay. And I wanted to do this one last. So okay. I'm gonna give you this last piece of the journal and I'll see Bono you entry. Bono entry. This guy makes a great point. So his wife asked him, if you had to choose, would you rather lose an arm or a leg? Above or below the knee? Above. Leg. Knee both arms to snowmobile. Um, A guy I work with, he needs both arms to hold his wife. But yeah, snowmobiling too, babe. He probably hasn't ever been snowmobiling. (laughs) fucking brilliant because she's obviously fish, fishing for him to be like oh, I know, just... legs so I can hold yeah
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that
3: big snowmobile
1: was another edition of Tom's journal and Jamie is literally dead yes I have died I was quite proud of that I'm happy with that journal this week oh, I like that that was amazing the amount of stuff I found I was like this is glorious absolutely glorious <laughs> But um, before we head over to the piece of resistance, I believe that we should hear from our friends at Audio Drama Feed. Come on, Frank. Hey there. I'm Frank Guglielmelli, and I'm the narrator for the Audio Drama Feed. Featuring such audio dramas as Bounty Hunters, Marty and Mars, Val, Toby, and so much more. You can find all of these wonderful programs on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Or you can go to our website at www.audiodramafeed.com. We are thrilled to be affiliated with the Chronicles of Podcast with Tom and Jamie. Please go and check out all their audio dramas on Spotify or wherever you can get your audio dramas from. Jamie. Yes, sir. Should we get that piece of resistance in? I think we should. Let's let him in from the cold. Welcome to the Chronicles of Adam Gregory. Adam is one of the directors of the Bloodstock Festival. This was an absolutely unbelievable conversation. We had so much fun chatting to Adam all about the origins of the Bloodstock Festival itself. You know, how his father was just having a pint in a pub. Mental. I'll leave it at that for you. Yeah. And he was just generally one of the most humblest human beings ever. Just a very, very nice guy. Absolutely loved this conversation. I like...
2: I thought it was going to be really interesting to learn more about the festival. And, if it, and There's so much more to it than we even realised there was. It's amazing stories, amazing things that Adam's gone through. The amount of work they put into this festival is insane. And just the fact they do everything they can just to make sure for those three days, four days, wherever it is, people just
1: have a good time. Yeah, it's amazing how much you don't realise goes into a festival. I was like, yeah. that fence, how big is it? How wide do we need it? How many, you know, there's big bollardy things to sit in. Do we need like nuts? How, many, how much walkway do we need for this, that, and the other? Absolutely crazy. All the work that goes in. And the fact that they're already prepping for next year as well is like, what? But this year hasn't even happened yet. I know. So yeah. crazy. Absolutely crazy. But it's amazing that if you really want to do something and put your mind to it and you work fucking hard, you can do whatever you want. Absolutely. One of the main reasons we reached out to Adam to talk about the festival as well is
2: because these guys obviously for those that don't know the second stage at the Bloodstock Festival is the Sophie Lancaster stage. They use that platform to spread that message every single year. Sylvia and the Foundation attend the festival every single year and they're going to do the same this year so if you're there go pop by say hello and you know we wanted to learn more about why the the festival decided to work with Sophie, what they're doing with it and and it's a fascinating story and Adam does spread that message quite beautifully, now. Absolutely. I say, may we
1: say? Absolutely. So, guys, Jamie. Yes, sir.
2: Any final words? Adam, thank you very much,
1: sir. And if we can make it along, beers are on us. Absolutely. Adam, thank you so much for the time out to speak to us. We really do appreciate it. We hope that you guys enjoy this one. It is a doozy. Ooh. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, interviewing this week, he is one of the directors of the Bloodstock Open Air Festival, and has a habit of falling out of chairs. It's Adam Gregory.
2: I love the fact both your beards are pretty much exactly the same, just a different
0: colour. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I keep I keep going through this thing that I keep shaving it down to sort of next to nothing, and then wish I hadn't done it. So, yeah, what you,
1: it's you been, do? I think like, you get bored. I'm the opposite way around because I don't like it too long because it gets really wiry, and it, so for some reason it's like full volume, then goes now then little strands just
0: start coming out. I'm like, oh, that's weird. I do I do this thing. I thought I would go through seasonal changes, so I think to myself, summer's coming, right? Festival season. I've got to get a big, big, massive beard going, and then I think right straight afterwards I'll shave it or trim it, and then I think to myself, oh, actually, no, winter's coming. I'll keep it a bit longer. By which time I've already trimmed it, and it's too late, so I'll start again. <laughs> I and just I- had, to,
1: I had a vision of you, like, you know, like, Laurie but like, swinging it over your shoulder, like, yeah, and <laughs> what? Yeah, one day, maybe, <laughs> not yet. I'm definitely worth it, guys, so you can all fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically, all we do here is Jamie... Puts out a nice little introduction, just lures you into a false sense of security. Good. And then we absolutely bombard the living fuck out of
0: you with questions, Adam. How does that sound? Yeah, that's fine. I've got the intelligence to answer one at a time, so we're all good. <laughs> that's <what> we're like. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Let's get
2: started. Good stuff. Hello, everyone. Today we bring you another wonderful guest, unlike anyone we've had before. Every year in early August, if you take a trip to Derby, you'll find the hallowed ground of the Bloodstock Festival, a metal music festival that's been going for over 20 years. Today, guest, Today's guest is one of the directors of Bloodstock. Here to talk all about, all about the festival is the man who reportedly shouldn't lean backwards on chairs. It's Mr. Adam
0: Gregory. How we doing? The <laughs> chair's all fixed. We're all good.
1: Hey! I'm, can I get a little bit of context? Because I did not find <laughs> this when... Uh... <laughs>
0: Google, Google is not my friend on that particular subject. Um, do you not actually, do you honestly not know? What, what well, I honestly, know? I have no idea. No, you're probably the only person on the planet that doesn't. I was doing a podcast, I was doing a, a Facebook live with Vicky. Okay. I think we were talking about, we we're actually talking about anthrax. We we're doing a giveaway for, for some of the fans. And she was going on about something about loves and likes, or whatever it was. Anyway, I sort of I took this. Beer mat, wherever it was, off through it, and as I did, I was doing that that sort of smug leaning back thing while I oh. wait. But as I did that, the wheel had fallen off the chair, and I hadn't realised behind me. And let's say feet went up in the air, and I hit my head on the radiator behind me, and it was oh. all messy so Yeah, it was uh And Vicky did nothing other than break out laughing and couldn't stop laughing for about five minutes. So yeah, it was. Um... It became very infamous, and there was lots of memes that went went around and little sort of snippets afterwards. So. Right, thanks for that. And no one's let me forget. Oh, well.
2: I saw a beautiful piece of artwork. Someone drawn a cartoon of it and everything. It's fucking brilliant. Well,
0: yeah, to be fair, Abby Stabby, um, Abby Stabby Art, oh, she did one for me um, a couple of weeks ago, where actually it was exactly that. It was uh, one of those caricatures. And it was yeah, me pulling off the chair. Yeah, yeah. So it's, even, <laughs> year, even years further down the line, they're still letting me uh, relive that one, which is great.
1: I'm amazed <laughs> you actually get, you've got to get at least one, are you all right in before you left though? You've got to get at least one in. You can't just go straight off that you know, pissing yourself. Well, you know, <laughs> not for me to say, but there you go. We move on.
0: We do. That, yeah. We do.
1: Let's get past it. So, sorry, I, I generally had absolutely no idea. so I You'll see it on to...
0: YouTube if you Google it, don't worry. I'm sure That's... it's on there somewhere. I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um,
1: but first things first, obviously, because of what's been going on over the past few years, how has your pandemic season been?
0: been tough um it's been tough for everybody in the in the industry not just us as festival sort of promoters but crews and 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 you know fans not being able to go out and see shows it's been really hard but you know we were fortunate enough um where we had the festival 2021 um it was right at the back end of of restrictions i guess or the, first, you know, the beginning of restrictions being eased and uh, we were probably one of the first bigger events that that took place with minimal restrictions albeit you know, we did impose quite a few ourselves because we just felt at that time it was the right thing. So yeah, we were very, very lucky in 21 to have a festival because some festivals have gone two years, um, mm. you know, with with no shows, and that's that's tough. That's really tough because you know, for Bloodstock, we're independent, we're family owned. Um, you know, when we don't have a festival, we don't make money. So it's you know, not that we make money doing festivals nowadays anyway, but you know, it's it's your living ultimately that's been terminated. So it's been it's been very tough what about you personally? Um, it's the biggest thing is is I guess boredom. I ended up building a bar in the garden. Oh um, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got really bored. Um and, and the thing is I don't even drink. So it's like, well, you know, it's like build <laughs> a <You're the> bar, <laughs> why not? Um I saw in a collection? Well, I know I've started getting a few. Everyone started doing it on Facebook and I just thought, well, go on then. The wife said that's a good idea. We weren't having a holiday, so we did that. Um, but no, I mean, you know, outside of that, it's been it's been tough because everything that you live for and you work for through the year and you're not doing and, and you've sort of got no real focus or objective. Um, and I think you know, mentally that's that's tough to deal with. Yeah. Um, mm. you know, the, the kids, I've got two kids and, and you know, they they found it tough and you, you sort of there's nothing as a parent you can do to sort of manage that, you know, and all of their routines are out the window, the schools have have closed and you know you don't start worrying about the you know the kids love it because it's like no school brilliant yeah <laughs> but it's, it's it's the bigger longer term effects that they aren't appreciating at that time um which became very difficult remote learning let's be honest kids aren't interested in doing that because no. why should they you know and as a parent i don't have the skill set to be a teacher you know i tell my kids to do something and, and they think i'm telling them off so it's it's not the same environment. It's very difficult. And for any parent that managed to do it, you know, absolute kudos to them because it was tough, you know, it was tough for everybody, but we're on the other side of that now at last. Um, you know, I like to think that we're in a situation where we can sort of have normality for 22 now to a degree, obviously, um, you know, with what's happening in, in uh, Ukraine and Russia at the moment, which is horrific, um, you know, and you sort of think you threw everything and then, okay, now we're being hit with that. It's. Yeah. it's, it's I think it's still going to be a tough year to be fair.
1: No, I absolutely agree with you. Um, I mean it's crazy with the pandemic, obviously, at the beginning everyone was like, you what? I'm not working for three weeks or a month or yeah. two months or three months. Oh my god, and it's summer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then obviously, but then obviously when it starts to creep into the into the autumn and into the winter, then I think that really starts to tell tale. It's amazing, isn't it? How when you have things taken away from you, you're a bit like, well, no, can I not just
0: no, yeah, they can't. It, and it was, it was silly freedoms, like, you know, just seeing your friends or yeah. you know, going out for a meal and a couple of drinks, all that stopped, you know, and it was, you were almost under house arrest. Um, and it sure. was, it was, it was horrible, you know, and, and we take everything like this for granted as a, a, you know, a civilization a culture, whatever, whatever it may be, you know, in the UK, but it's, it's, you know, it, it's quite hurtful when it's not, it, you're not allowed to do it. Um, you know, and I think I was relatively fortunate. We, we caught COVID at the beginning um i said at the beginning the december 20 we caught covid as a family um and we were lucky we had very very few symptoms i think i lost sense of taste or smell for a few weeks and and that was probably it i think hay fever hit me harder um and i know i know i was very very fortunate because i know lots of people that were horrific um you know that thought they were going to die it was that bad it was it was horrible for a lot of people so you know it's merciless in its attack of who it attacks and how um, you know, people playing it down as as nothing. It's a cold. It's you know, get over it. They were lucky if they got it and they didn't if they didn't have the bigger symptoms. I know people personally that were were really bad. Um, you know, and and you know, some managed to pull through. Unfortunately, some didn't, um, which is a real shame. But I think we can all be attested that we probably know somebody that's been affected negatively in that way. Um, but you're right. You know, summer came and it was like brilliant. No work, it was, it was a beautiful summer as well, you know, it was great, sort of get in the garden and get some colour. But, you know, like you say after a few weeks, that gets a bit boring, and it's like, right, well, I want to go back now to do my stuff, and you can't. But uh, you guys, you guys no doubt went through the same. Yeah, well, I mean, I imagine you were a bit
1: like, summer's here, brilliant, oh, yeah, I can't
0: actually <laughs> yeah. put the festival on, oh, great. Yeah, it was hard for everybody, everybody involved in the festival and in, and in the industry, I think, felt that pinch, because... You know and, and the longer the longer effects of that have been that so many people with brexit and then the, then this as well, you know either had to leave the UK because of brexit and, and everything else or then the pandemic hit and they've had to because the industry died pretty much overnight, they've yeah. had to still feed the family and pay the mortgage or the rent or the bills whatever it may be. and they've had to go off and get jobs in other industries to, to sort of keep earning. you know they couldn't just wait around because the industry that we're in, as you probably know, fell between the cracks when it came to the government support well yeah uh, they didn't give me shit did they? no really? not even slightly. It, it, it took yeah. a long long time um for for any level of support to be to be offered and then the crf grants came out but then again you know not everybody was able to benefit from those it was only select so you know it was extremely difficult uh extremely difficult um you know and, and now sort of post pandemic we're looking ahead to 22. And the effects of that are, are massive. You know, price increases have gone exponential across the industry and across all sectors. So, you know, what you paid for a stage two, two years ago is 35% more than it was then, this year, with security and fencing and, and toilets and, you know, electricity. Then you've got the diesel tax that's now gone, where you have the benefit of being able to use red diesel in the fields when you were, you were sort of using generators. Well, 70p a litre was great, now we're paying pump prices for the diesel because that tax benefit's been, been Ooh, ripped away from no. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's hurting the, the whole industry massively. Um, and yet we're still trying to put on an affordable event because we appreciate that people haven't been working and they don't have, you know, a hordes of coffers sitting at home to spend on shows. Um, you, you've got to do what you've got to do. So, you know, we've retained our prices year on year for for 22 because we just felt it was the right thing to do um but ultimately we're picking up a far higher bill to do the same thing you know which is not the fans fault it's not our fault it's just the way things have gone it's it's really hard so um it's going to be an interesting fun year for everybody i think again agreed but on the on the positive it's all booked the show must go on and there'll be 120 plus bands in the field come august oh with lots and yeah. lots of fans and lots and lots of beer, we could just have a great time and worry about it later. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> worry about it the week after. So yeah, it'll right? be fine, yeah, be fine. Be honest, we'll be fine.
2: So, before we talk about the festival properly, let's learn a bit more about you, sir. Okay. Take us take us back to a world before Bloodstock. What did you originally plan for yourself as a career when you were young, Master Gregory? We could say.
0: Um, well, as anything leaving school, you want to be a rocket ship pilot, whatever, you're an astronaut, whatever it may be. And, you know, I ended up being a mechanic for a while. Um, got fed up of coming home, sitting in the bath for two hours, trying to get the grease out of your fingertips. Oh. Uh, you know, normal stuff, normal story. So I ended up getting into um, the cleaner side of motors and, and selling them. So I ended up doing various or stints at different dealerships and ended up eventually working for a well-known Japanese brand Um as I say, a fleet manager, basically, for the dealership. And with my wife, who I met at that dealership, we ended up being the biggest dealership in the country, which was great. Did that for about 18, 19 years. Um, but while I was doing that, we were also doing Bloodstock. That started in 2001 as a, as a concept in 2000 from Paul, uh, my dad. Um, uh, and we sort of just started bitten and bobbing with that, really, and sort of hoping one day that you could actually do that full time. But, you know, for the first 12, 15 years, that was just a hope, uh, you know, because it's ultimately couldn't afford to pay a wage. So stayed in motors for the best part of 18 years. And then about five years or four and a half, five years ago, um, we were in a position where Bloodstock needed more of a, a sort of full time person or people at that time. And, and we've sort of staged that because obviously with what I do and my business, I was able to be the first person to go into Bloodstock full time. Um, and sort of do that as a as a sort of Monday to Friday or Monday to Sunday day to day, and then Rachel joined me doing that about two years ago. Because as Bloodstock's grown, the demand on on I suppose manpower has increased exponentially with what we have to do now. Um, yeah, it was about two and a half three years ago. Sorry, Rachel joined. Um, you know now there's there's only really two of us doing it kind of full time as as myself and Rachel um you know vicky books a band she's still got a full-time day job you know so she's trying to sort of manage and balance all those bands along with simon hall um sort of why they've got day jobs and paul's doing his artwork and his painting and and sort of still steering the ship from from the big seat so yeah it's it's been it's been fun interesting um it's better than a proper job I like. (laughs) (laughs) i'm very fortunate and i do i do you know have to concede that i'm extremely fortunate to be doing the job that I do because I love music and I love people and you know to be able to put the two together is just to me heaven it really is you know if I die tomorrow I'd, I'd die a happy man because I've been able to do something and I've been fortunate to do something I've enjoyed doing and I think most people in the industry in my position would probably say something very similar that's
2: amazing I love that I love to hear things like that you know because you only get one life so it's it's amazing you, do, yeah. you know yeah. do some
0: for living you love. Story. I don't know. We all we all want to do that perfect job and that job that we love, and sometimes it's very difficult to attain that or achieve that. You know, not everybody gets that that sort of utopian position in life. Um, and and we all within Bloodstock believe that we've we've kind of been fortunate enough to get that. It's still very hard work. Don't get me wrong. It's not it's not easy, and it has its challenges. Being a family, we swear at each other a lot more than we would do if we were employed normally, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we fall out regularly. But it's it's you know it's all for a passion for the same reason. So uh, and it's not just us. Let, let me you know put that out there. There's a lot of people involved within Bloodstock and with with making that happen. And you know from the the teams that work with us, from the production company, yes we production we work with security and and stage teams and and lighting and everything. Everybody that's involved has a passion, and that's that's so lovely to see.
1: It's what's good, though, as we say, fall out a lot. And it's because you all care, though, don't you? It's It, it would yes. suck if you didn't, if no one, you know, if you weren't falling out each other, swearing at each other, etc. Oh, it's yeah. All, all for the love of it. It's, it's beautiful. It's love There's a it. tremendous
0: amount of passion there, I have to say. You know, and, and sometimes that can that can take, kind of take over the emotion. You get very emotional, you know, on, on things because you want it. You know, we all want it to be absolutely perfect. And we want it to be the best it can be for the fans' experience and for our experience and, and for the crews and the teams. You know, and I think the dynamic that we have is great because although we clash on certain things, we also have skill sets that we bring and everybody everybody has that dynamic difference that I think kind of makes it work. Um, you know, and I think if you remove one element of that, it kind of probably wouldn't be what it is today. Um, yeah. You know, and that that's not just... You know, myself and, and brothers and sisters and dad and what, everything else. That's, that's the whole family unit, including all the fans and, and all the teams that work with us. You know, it's, it's, we listen. That's the big thing. We like to listen.
2: Amazing. So, as you said, your dad came up with the idea of Bloodstock in 2001. Yeah. But yeah. where did that idea come from?
0: He was, he was, it was actually 2000. He was sitting in a pub opposite the assembly rooms and he was just basically shooting the breeze with a few people. Uh, and they were reminiscing on the old Monsters of Rock days and things like that. And, and it was just mentioned that um, he said, there's nowhere there's nowhere you can go now in the UK that's got proper rock metal bands that you can go and have a good old sort of festival kind of show. And somebody said to him, and Ben, they'd had a few beers at this point. And somebody sort of mentioned, yeah, you should start one, Paul. And I mean, with my dad is an artist, so he's very much fire from the hip. You know, mm-hmm. if an idea pops in his head, doesn't need a lot of thought, if he knows it's a good idea, just do it, um, and that's kind of what he did. He 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 basically was just moseyed on over to the assembly rooms and booked the venue um, for the <laughs> following year. It was you know no idea at all what he was doing or what the concept was going to be. He hadn't even thought of the name at that time um, for Bloodstock. And uh, the lucky thing is he was he obviously being an artist, which was his, his kind of passion and his day job. He he was done album covers for for Saxon and whatever since 1984 was the first one for crusader so he did nothing other than went home gave biff a ring and said look i need you to do me a favor i've never asked you for anything i'm putting on a, fo- a festival next year i need you to headline it and you know and biff being as creative as he is and in the same wavelength as paul just went yeah right no worries i'll do that <laughs> and, and that was it. it. yeah it, it was kind of one of those surreal moments um you know and it started out as a one-day festival back in 2001 so it was literally just they'd had a few beers had they not gone out that night <laughs> or that day would bloodstock have happened maybe not you know it's it, because that spontaneity of, of just actually walking to the venue and booking it probably wouldn't have been there
2: that is incredible yeah that is an awesome origin story what about the name bloodstock though it stands out where did that name come from
0: um that was again just they were just sort of shooting the breeze i think it was martin walker actually that um sort of spiraled the name um back in back in the day and i think it was it was he sort of said it and everyone kind of just went yeah cool that, that works let's get, let's do that not thinking at the time it was anything to do with horse racing that that wasn't the mentality behind it which we since discovered it was <laughs> um Wait, is it what it, yeah bloodstock it's to do with horses as well believe it or not. Yeah, it's, 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 it's to do with, I don't know whether it's the breed or what they call certain breeds of horses or I don't, I don't know, I don't know the, but I know it's to do with horse racing anyway. Um, but we don't look at it like that. It's all about what, well, no. Scan and, and whatnot. Yeah.
2: So, so at what point did you get involved in the festival then?
0: Was it from the beginning uh, or? Yeah, When I, mean, I was involved from 2001, but just not re- with real any real kind of identity. Um, it was Paul and uh, a guy called Vince Brotheridge that, that sort of spearheaded Bloodstock initially. Uh, in the early years and and between them they kind of called the shots and ran the show and everything else and we were just there as his kids to pick up the pieces I think Vicky and Rachel were doing merch on the merch stand I was basically backstage just as a bit of a runner you know and, and something needed done yeah go off and do that get this done and whatever so it was it was although in its infancy we didn't come in as sort of high tier employees or anything else like that we started from you know an entry point i'd like to think i never say the bottom because there isn't the bottom in the industry but you know an entry point in knowledge and and kind of grew with the with the festival and learned more every time we did it you know i mean we how we got away with it in the first six seven years is is still a mystery you know some of the stuff that we we kind of got up to and not knowing a thing what we were doing you know even riders i've got a list of riders for the bands i just pop off to asda you know, and just sort of, I'd be picking the shelves and thinking, they wanted what? That's close enough. That'll do. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it was like, but it works. You know, nobody really complained, and you know, we we just learnt more as we went along, uh, and we learnt a lot off, a lot of stuff off people in the industry as well. You know, who we met over the years, who who sort of told us, actually, you could probably do it, but if you do it this way, it's like ah, light bulb moment. Yeah, why didn't we think of that? Um So you know, it's it's. As much as I'd love to think it's all, you know, our doing, we we learned a lot along the way from a lot of very influential people. So, you know, and a lot of very intelligent people who do well in this industry. So it's always good, I think, to never assume you know everything. Be prepared Mm -hmm. and be able to learn. You know, even now, I wouldn't sit here and say we're experts at what we do. You know, we do. We put on a great festival, which is done by great people. But we learn something new every single year. So it's always good to do that.
1: That is absolutely amazing. I love it. I absolutely love it. But I feel that alternative people, in a way, kind of get forgotten about. You yeah. know, you have, like, all the clubs and all the shows and stuff that happen. Like, I think there's, like, maybe one, if not at all, any alternative bars or clubs anymore. They don't really – I think maybe there's, like, maybe a night. Like, a club yeah. night will have one rock room, but you are yeah. not get a lot of people in there. And it's just – yeah, I feel that um, – it's quite nice now that you've got that, you know, you've, you've, you've got download. I think there was Ozfest back in the day as well, yeah. which I think is now download. Um, yeah. So to have something else that's a bit heavier, more metal-esque is incredible because obviously Reading and Leeds used to be a more alternative festival. And now that's just got a mixture of
0: everything in there now. Um, they, they play to the audiences, you know, and, and that's their business model and that's fair enough. You know, that's that, yeah. that, that's their thing. That's, that's not our thing. You know, with us, we've always been a metal festival. We've always been for the alternative and, and you know, the the, I don't want to say sort of um, smaller genre because I don't think it is. I think there's a, you know, most people do recognize rock and and metal music in some capacity and then they enjoy it and it allows them to be the self without judgment. Um, You know, and, and it's a lot bigger than people think, you know, there's, there's a lot more rock and metal fans out there wearing the suits and and the ties, their accountants and lawyers and and mechanics or doctors, nurses, all that kind of stuff, who, who, let's be honest, don't get to live the life they want all the time. And I think what we've created is that break away from normality to be themselves. Um, And and that's what I love about it. You know, the amount of people we see walking around in the bizarrest of wares that you wouldn't see in the day-to-day street (laughs) are quite at home and it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. It really is, because I love the fact people can come and just be themselves without yeah. judgment. Yeah, And that's, that's the best that. part about the whole festival. You know, people say to me, what's, what's my favourite thing at, at Bloodstock every year? And it is when I get up to go on stage and just have a look at the crowd, not the bands, because, you know, you can see the bands kind of wherever and the bands are amazing and they do a great job. And that's lovely that they're there but it's the fans that have all come together for one unified reason, and that's just to enjoy themselves and be themselves. So that, that to me, is the highlight of of Bloodstock, 100%. Beautiful. It's like I've written that self-specifically for that (laughs) question. (laughs) It's true, though. It is true.
2: So... Bloodstock's changed a lot over the years. You know, you've gone from single days to multiple days, adding new stages, etc. How didn't there used to be two separate festivals? Wasn't there an indoor and an outdoor festival at one point in time? Well, yeah, we went through
0: a transition where we were indoor 2005, and uh, I think we did that for two years, where we tried running with Bloodstock Indoor, Bloodstock Outdoor. Yeah. Um, uh, I think the indoor was May and the outdoor was was kind of uh, August September, but it, it it kind of didn't really work at that time because I think. Download had started in 2004. Sonosphere came not long after that. Oh, yeah, Yeah, you know, and I think the offering of, at that time, an indoor and an outdoor for the same event didn't work, whereas now there are other indoor shows and and there's more choice, which I think is amazing and it's great. Um, But, you know, for us at that time, it it, it kind of, when you sort of count the coffers at the end of it, how much do you owe? And it wasn't how much you made, it was definitely how much you owe. It was like, yeah, this isn't kind of working with two shows of the same thing, but one being indoor. Um, So we then shifted purely to outdoor and and made sure that we put as much time and effort into that to make it all it could be as possible. Um, So, yeah, the outdoor was born and and, uh, the indoor sadly passed over. But since then, the assembly room has actually caught fire and they've they've condemned it. So we, you know, we kind of can't go back there anyway.
3: No,
2: definitely not. But are these changes they just like natural progression or is someone in the office going, I've oh got I've got a fucking great idea? Another stage? Um, I think it's a bit of natural
0: progression and and a bit, a bit, a bit of both. The ideas definitely come to play. You know, Paul, Frank would say with, with the new blood stage, you know, Paul was a massive advocate in the early days of having uh, I think at that time it was the lava stage, I think, where it was it was about offering and giving new and emerging talent that opportunity to be showcased. Because Paul's an artist first and foremost, you know, and, and creativity and, and you know promoting that level of creativity is is the top of his agenda 100. percent And he was he was the the lead voice and the advocate behind uh, Metal to the Masses in the early days, and it was a tough sell because you know at that time when when Bloodstock was about, we started doing these road shows. If you like looking for bands, there was a lot of dirty promotion out there with pay to play and battle of the bands type things where. Fans had to sell tickets or they had to pay an amount of money, which they might get back if the show sold out, whatever it may be. And there was a lot of emphasis on the band to to sort of do the work and the venue take the benefit. So Paul, you know, and and ourselves, we didn't want that. It had to be a clear and concise and and transparent programme. And it took a lot to overcome that in the early days. So, you know, the the ruling was quite simply, a band has no pressure on them whatsoever other than to perform. We're not interested in them selling tickets. We're not interested in them paying a penny. And if if we see a promoter is actually endorsing that, then we drop the promoter. We work with somebody else. So, you know, it's got to be about performance. It's got to be about the showmanship and how that band actually hits the stage and what they deliver, nothing else. And there shouldn't be a distraction from that for the band. Um, But then there needs to be a route to sort of work with these bands and offer them something back. So for argument's sake, nowadays we record. Um, all of the shows for the bands and we, we massively subsidise it. There is a cost to the band still, but we, we sort of hit, take the big, big cost because we give it, we give them a, um, a recorded show which has already been pre-edited and mixed, but we then also give them the full multi-tracks for them to mix themselves and everything else for, for their, their entire show, um, which we kind of pick up the majority of the cost for, um, to try and give them that opportunity to have something professional to sort of showcase themselves because your phone's only going to get so much and sound distortion mm. and everything else. You know, give these bands opportunities with agents and management and press and, you know, the fans to see them and stuff like that. So, you know, follow the careers through to see if we can sort of progress them onto other stages. So, you know, as, as that kind of developed from the New Blood stage, you know, then the same thing happened with the Sophie Lancaster stage. And obviously we know the sad story behind Sophie and, you know, the banner at the back of you there, I can see. Yeah,
2: we're going to touch on that, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, and it, it felt right that, you know, we wanted that stage not to be a, a one, two year naming opportunity. It's something that we felt was extremely poignant to certainly our culture and music um, and the discrimination that I think we've all probably faced with even the snide remarks that people may, you know, used to say about you greb and, you know, you greasy, whatever it may be. And, you know, we've all been victim of that. Even when I used to have hair on my head, you know, I had the same sort of... Um, discrimination to a degree in the earlier years so we wanted to make sure that when we did that it was a name that would stay in you know forever with the festival and with that stage so Sophie um the Lancaster stage has kind of grown as the festival's grown and higher profile bands now now sort of hit that stage which is fantastic to see as well and you know you've got two solid offerings on there with with your sort of main and Sophie and then you've got some great acoustic sets and other sets with um the Jaeger stage and the emerging talent now on the new blood stage and there's even talk of of in the future doing something else with maybe a a, a kind of a bluesy type stage as well because you know that's the the, the, the backbone and the grounding for a lot of metal and rock is it originates from blues so it's you know almost like a bit of an origin origin stage type thing whether we call it that like or something that. else i don't know but <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so there's, there's, there's always that thought process going you know it's it's what can we do that's going to give the fans what they really want, you know, and, and create a weekend. Because all, all we want to do is create memories. If people can come to Bloodstock, you know, and, and what you want to have those I was there moments, you know, and it's it's when we have, we've had Twisted Sisters last ever show and, and lots of other bands have done sort of the same sort of things. You know, Judas Priest last year with a 50th anniversary show and it was the, the first show that they'd done, obviously with the pandemic and everything else, which was delayed. So it's nice to have those moments in time that people can reflect back in, 10, 15, 20 years and tell the kids and the grandkids about and the while. You know, I remember when I was there and this happened and that happened and it was great. Um, you know, we used, we've, we've done a few, I'm just talking and waffling now, we've done a few um, live <laughs> streams over the years and people used to say to me, well, doesn't that detract from people attending? And to me, absolutely, no, not at all, because we can all flick on YouTube and watch a show. You know, but what you can't do is you can't get that feeling of emotion and passion mm. and, the real sound and the, the the amps going through you at the front and all that type of stuff, you can't get that on, on, on a TV or a computer screen or anything else. You've got to be there. So, you know, I think for those people that want that experience, they will always want to go to festivals. And it's just, it's just great to be able to deliver that.
1: Absolutely. I, I just in awe of you, sir, I, I salute you. I bow down everything. <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. The fact Thank that you, you give unsigned bands a chance. And then, yeah, as you were saying, you pre-mix stuff, the editing, you give them uh, all the copies, etc. F- yeah. Phenomenal, to begin with. I think one of my friend's bands played last year. I think they won a Battle of the Bands thing to play, uh, which was Ascaris. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, uh, they, uh, Alex Marcovecchio is a good friend of mine. I haven't seen him for a while, but anyway, that's irrelevant. Um, so, yeah, absolutely incredible that you do that sort of thing. You give those inside bands a chance. But have you ever gone to your father and gone, can we get this band, please? Can we play this band? Can we get this band, please, Dad? Dad, can we get this band? Well, or?
0: To be fair, it's Vicky that books the bands now, so it's her choice. It's down oh, to her. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but there are there are bands. And, and to be fair, the nice thing is that, you know, she does she does listen to the sort of the wider community. So it's not just her and Simon's decision to say, right, we're booking this band. We have a bit of a collective that goes around that we we have a bit of an inner circle, and we'll yeah. bounce ideas off. We listen to a lot of feedback, so we scour the social media and the forums and everything else to see who they want to see, you know, because again, we have, we have, I guess, taste in music as everybody does, but my taste wouldn't always be the popular choice. Mm-hmm. You know, I like stuff that other people are going to absolutely hate and vice versa. So a lot of the bands we put on may not be the band that I I particularly love, but I know there's a massive, you know, yeah. urge that people want to see those bands. You know, and I think Vicky and Simon do a great job of, of delivering a very mixed eclectic show because, I think it's important to remember we are a metal festival. We're not a, you know, although we started as a power metal festival at the time, we're not a specific genre of metal type festival. Metal is metal and it comes in all so many different forms. And we need to be able to showcase that as as broadly as we can. You know, I I love hearing the stories of people that have been to the festival and they've seen such and such a band for the first time. And, you know, I didn't think it was Michael Petit, but actually live, they blew me away and all that type of stuff. They're the best things. They're the great stories. Because you're changing people's perceptions. Yeah. You know, and you're allowing people to sort of absorb something that, well, let's be honest, they probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to do. Um, partway drive, hate breed, you know, these are bands that we've had on that received a lot of negativity at the book at the original time they were booked. The actual shows they delivered completely blew people away on the weekend and changed their minds as, as, as to their original concepts. You know, and we had a lot of people say, after the partway drive booking for argument's sake, yeah, actually, yeah, we were wrong. They're, they're brilliant. You know, and, and that that was fantastic to see.
1: I was going to say, how can you get negativity for Parkway Drive? That's <laughs> unbelievable.
0: <laughs> it's a choice, like, it's just <laughs> a choice thing. And, and you know, that, that's that's great. You know, I think everybody does, does they have to have a choice and they have to have been able to express that. You know, and it, well, it's not for me to say somebody's wrong because they have a decision on something. But what I would like people to do is be open and say, okay, fine. You're saying this, that and everything about band. Watch them. If you still honestly to yourself and truly can say you feel the same afterwards, fair enough, I can't argue with you. But it was lovely to see so many people actually change their mind post sent and say, yeah, actually you were right, you know, yeah. and, and that's cool.
1: Because I can't stand it when it's like, who's your favorite band? Because my favorite band is Date Remember. Yeah, and yeah. they go a lot of Remember I go, what's this, this shit? Oh, sorry, mate. Now <laughs> you've mentioned it, I never listen to it ever again. So sorry about that. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I'm glad you said that. Well, well, I think. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I mean, I, I, honest, I haven't listened to a lot of Partway Drive when we booked them. And I, I, I have to be honest and say I kind of formed an opinion purely on the name because I'm just thinking, oh, will be one of them kind of hipster-type bands, won't it? You know, and whatever. And I, I thought, well, I don't know why we booked them. So then I listened to it and thought, actually, this is amazing. These are really, really good, really tight.
3: Yeah.
0: And the show, wow. I mean, if anybody's seen a live Partway show, it, they're incredible. They go full out and they blow your brains out. So yes, they do. All credit to them. You know, they they certainly changed a lot of people that weekend, which was brilliant to see. We love it. We love to see it. But have you had any moments,
1: Adam, where you've gone, I can't believe I'm getting to witness this?
0: You know, the tough thing is, is I I grew up with um, you know Megadeth and Slayer and Priest and and everybody else. You know, and, and and I'm a fan. Same as a lot of people are. You know, I am a fan. And it's it's a very surreal moment when. I'm kind of standing face to face having a conversation, whether it be with Dave Mustaine or, or Rob Halford or, or kind of anybody else, and you have to keep pinching yourself thinking, <laughs> Are you Really here, you know, Chris? I mean, I'm a, I'm a wrestler, I love you. Used to watch, love watching the uh, WWE um, wrestling with Chris Jericho, Y2J, and that kind of stuff, yes. You know, I've, and I've met Chris a few times now at different sort of points in my life. Um, where he comes up to me now and he's shouting, he, you know, he, he kind of I always remember the last time he played Bloodstock, he'd been for a shower and he's walking across the backstage area just in his town. And I hadn't seen him sort of arrive before. And he clocked me. Hey, Adam, how are you doing? And it's like, oh, oh wow. It's just, it's just, wow, that's just, it's incredible. You know, it, to me, he's a hero. I know a lot of people but, sort yeah. of are going to sort of have opinions on his music. But to me, I know him for more than just his music. Um, and he's a bit, I'm a bit of a sort of a smitten for Chris, if you like, as probably yes. a lot of people are. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. He's yeah. a dream
2: guest for us. He's definitely a dream yeah. guest for us.
0: Yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. He's a really, really good guy. Um, so it's moments like that that I sort of I have to sort of stand back and, and sort of take stock of, and not take it for granted that I have that luxury that you know a lot of people would would sort of well kill for die for or pay a lot of money for whatever it may be you know and and um, you can get very easily I suppose complacent very blasé about it um, but uh, you know as a fan you kind of also have to hold back a little bit as well and not be that fanboy because. They kind of want when they're doing the show, they've got to have getting the headspace in the right place. They want to get set and ready and mm-hmm. deliver something, you know, and they don't want a negative experience backstage to sort of tarnish the performance yeah. to give. So you do have to be a kind of a bit withdrawn, if you like, with with your emotions sometimes when you see these guys and treat them as just people, which is exactly what they are, you know. And I think they like that level of normality sometimes. A lot of people do. I think a lot of bands do, you know. I mean, there are the ones that like the the other side of it, of course, but <laughs> we shall not name names. <laughs> I just, I like the idea of you stood there being like,
1: "You beat the Rock and Stone concert the same night."
3: Oh my yeah,
0: god! Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, what, he, he will have those conversations with you. And That's the lovely thing about Chris Jericho. He's so down. He's probably one of the most down-to-earth people I've ever met, and has time for everybody. And that—that's what I love about some of these bands. They will sit and and talk to you and have a conversation with you, and you know they aren't you know, these, these people that just turn the nose up, I, you know, do you not know who I am or that type of stuff? They are just genuine, normal people who do a different job than probably other people do. That's it. You know, in the same way I run a festival, I, I just do a different job to a mechanic or a carpet fitter or anybody else. I'm no better. I just do a different job.
2: I love that. So how far out do you start making plans for the festival? So for example, how far into planning 2023? would you be um, these- we're already on
0: 23 now yeah we've you know we, we probably start 18 months before the show um as average you know we've got a certain size team there are probably other organizations that can start later than that um i think as time's gone on you know we used to talk about bands and we'd phone agents to talk about bands for the following year and they'll say Coming back in three months it's not you know you're a year away whereas now we're kind of having conversations and the agents are contacting us for show you know the show in 23 and we were having those conversations in november december last year for 23 which is is getting further and further out um now some of that has to do with with the pandemic but bands have rolled over year one to year two um and they're they're now needing to get busy and sort of forward plan shows and whatnot but um you know it, we have noticed a trend over the last five years that those conversations happen a lot sooner um, which is brilliant because it allows us to plan that far ahead and and you sort of you're working we like to think you can try and work two years ahead to a degree with certain aspects and I think band and performances can do that infrastructure to a degree can do that when you're sort of planning your two three year deals with some suppliers to try and you know negotiate the best possible price for the service and and quality and everything else so um, yeah, it's about 18 months, and it, it's it's an intense amount of work. People just don't realise what is involved. You know, Rachel gets involved with a lot of licensing and you know all the nitty gritty that people don't really see up front because what they'll see is they'll see an arena. There's some stores in there, some food, and a couple of fairground rides and a few tents. But to actually make all of that happen, you're putting a city, if you like, or a villa or a town into effectively an empty field. You know, and that yeah, takes yeah, yeah. time, and that takes that takes a lot of people to get involved to make that happen.
2: I've done that before and I've been at a festival and just looked around and thought the amount of planning that must actually go into this, even the tiniest things must be an yeah. absolute ball
0: ache. Every <laughs> single every single thing you see, there has been a conversation, whether it be a meeting about, and it doesn't matter how small or how big it is, you know, even from you know the recycling bins and you know, the position and things like that, the level of fencing, the type of fencing, you see the steel shield has been a conversation whether we need to have three three sort of metre steel shield, two metre steel shield, how wide is it? You know, it's, it's all that type of stuff that you don't realise goes on, but these conversations have to happen. And it's all, it's all very much focused around the fan experience and the safety of the fans as well, the safety of the crews and the bands and, and everything else. You know, you can't do things cheap. You have to do things properly. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. I thought, you know, we've seen... We've seen over the years festivals pop up, trying to put on a show. They've absolutely lost an absolute ton of money because they didn't appreciate that you know it's not as Wayne will would like you to believe. Book the bands and they will come. <laughs> it's a bit more difficult than that. <laughs> it's entertaining, but as I said, with the right team, you can put on a good show.
2: I remember, I, I remember, I I just as we were talking now, I just remind reminding myself of what made me have that thought. It was, I think it was a download one year when it was like torrential floods and everything like that. Yeah. There's people walking around putting like metal grates and hay down. I'm yeah. thinking to myself, they must have had a meeting as to what they're going to do if the weather's bad.
0: I was like, well, they, this they is do. Nuts. Well, they, they, they do. And the thing is, your download, it's it's the footfall of people that make it as bad some years as it can be. But the amount of work that those guys do behind the scenes is unparalleled. You know, I, 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 I kind of get an insight because uh, at the time, our site manager was actually site managing download. She was up at three, four o'clock in the morning with a telehandler taking out hay bales into certain parts of the arena and things like that. And then she's working a full day the following day, you know, with oh. teams, not just not just her on her own, but, you know, with the teams. And it's all the bits and bobs that, that the fans don't see that happens when they're there, because they can't take vehicles into the arena when there's fans there because health and safety won't allow it and certain things like telehandlers. So they have a window of opportunity, and that is usually when everybody else is sleeping, to try and make everything as, as effectively good as they can do. But none of us can control the weather. You know, it's we're, we're at the hands of the gods at that time, and, you know, June can be horrifically wet. It can be beautifully sunny. It's You just never know. And the same for August. You know, we, we have the same problems. We've had the wind. We've had the rain. You know, we, we can all be hit with it. It's the UK January to December
2: yeah pretty much you never
0: fucking
2: know know, yeah people sort of look
0: at I I have to laugh people say what's the UK line my answer is well it's grey you know it's just it's it's just grey there's no real sort of it's not like bright sort of Australia's like gorgeous sunshine 40 degrees no it's just grey it's just about the same all year it's a bit of a monotone climate really
1: sometimes you
0: get sun and rain at the same time. Well, exactly. Yeah, you know, I went to Scotland once and I think we had sun, rain, wind and snow all in one day. It was amazing. You never know what you're going to get. All part of it.
2: Uh, So the main reason, you know, we asked you to come on when I spoke to you is, you know, as like ourselves, we're both affiliated to Sophie Lancaster Foundation. You know, we've got it behind us, as you pointed out. And you've got your second stage named after them, which is absolutely incredible. But how did that relationship come up, come about? Did you reach out to them, or was it the other way
0: around? No, I think I think we kind of did. Um, you know, th- there was a lot of emotion around um, what happened to Sophie. Certainly within the camp, Simon Hall was very passionate about it. Who you know, some books uh, are sort of second or third stage, and 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 runs matters for the masters for us. Um, and it was it was incredibly emotional because I think everybody has has at some point felt that not anything like what Sophie and a, and a boyfriend terribly went through, but have felt that persecution quite simply because of dress code or or, or anything else you know music styles and genres that we happen to like and love, um, and and we just felt it was horrific and, and something needed to needed to happen. So you know we engaged with um, Adam and and Sylvia um, at the time. Um, propose what we wanted to do in, in honour of Sophie's name and, you know, continue to work with, with the charity moving forward because I think this isn't something that's, that's fixable overnight. No. You know, it's no. continual as, as generations grow and develop. There's always going to be a level of, of hatred and, and ignorance that's out there and we've got to have that continual battle. And I think if we, if we let the association and the voice disappear, the problem will get will just get worse, you know. So we can all be guilty of of being ignorant and you know not understanding. I think my big issue becomes when it comes down to intent, you know. So if somebody's intending to be um, abusive or or um, you know sort of nasty to somebody because that is their intention to hurt them that's one thing and that deserves, you know, severe punishment. But if somebody's doing that out of ignorance because they just don't understand then we have a job to do to educate those people, you know, and we've been guilty of it. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say we've got it right every time we clearly haven't, but what we are doing is we're learning from that all the time. And I think, you know, we we live in a society now where even today in 10 or 15 years time, we're still going to be radically different to where we sit today. We aren't at the pinnacle of, of development when it comes to society and and how people are themselves and we've got to continually learn and continually be open to learn but what we wanted bloodstock to be and this is where sophie and and the foundation came into play was we wanted it to be a safe place we wanted it to be inclusive um where everybody could be themselves without fear of prejudice or anything else so you know we will take any form of abuse at the festival in the build-up to the festival if it's if it's surrounding anything that we're any of our assets that we're involved with we take that extremely seriously you know and and we do not want to see it and there'll be there'll be you know whatever punishment we can administer for for those people that, that cross that line we will do you know whether it be lifetime bans whether it be police involvement if that's required you know we just want people to come and enjoy themselves you shouldn't have to live your life under a level of persecution from anything or anybody because of music or or dress code or anything else you know, it doesn't make a difference to me whether somebody wants to dress up as a Christmas tree. I don't care. <laughs> but if, if that makes them happy, then all power to them. Why not? You know, and I think so, that's yeah. as a society how we should all be. You know, that we all watch. Um, I mean, obviously we all don't watch it, but I'm sure we've all seen over the years Star Trek. You know, and you've got it's that fantastic. utopian society of, of hatred and money and debt and everything has all disappeared. You know, that, that'd be amazing. That'd be absolutely fantastic. Now, I look at it this way. We've got the sliding doors and the little mobile flicky phones now. So maybe that's next. Fingers crossed.
2: You never know. We're getting there. We've got Alexa, so the computers, we're getting there. We're Slowly getting but there. surely.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's taking over. It's either that or Skynet. One of the two. Wow. Well, yeah. If we could just get teleporters, I'd be so happy. Oh, wouldn't you just? Yeah, no <laughs> more planes. <laughs> that would
2: be amazing. <laughs> But what was it about Sophie's story that made you guys want to say, "Look, like, we're going to make a bold statement. We're going to name our stage after her." You know, not just we're going to raise awareness. like we're going to make this big statement. Stage.
0: It, it was the it was the uh, you know the ferocity of what happened to her. Um, it was the, digu- the you know the disgust that everybody felt, and we and we just did not want this this to disappear. You know, from our perspective, and you know we've got a limited voice, but we have a voice as a festival. Um, you know, and and let's not shy away from the incredible work that, you know, Sylvie and, and her brother Adam have done and the rest of the foundation, you know, they very much championed and, and kept this cause alive and it's become extremely high profile, you know, in the saddest of circumstances, you know. I mean, we all wish that we could still do something like this, but Sophie's still here, you know, and able yeah. to enjoy the events and her life and everything else. Um, it's unfortunately from sorrow, sometimes, the, you know, the, the better things happen. Um, and for for a, hopefully the right reasons and the bigger picture, if we can if we can stop what happened to Sophie happening to one other person, it's been worth it, you know. And, and the idea is that we just need to continually have this voice and continually keep reminding people that this is a this is a, something worth fighting for, you know. This is something that we all need to believe in. We all need to stand behind, you know. And when you, we all have those moments in, in time where. You have a voice in your head because someone's done something to annoy you, and you want to vocalise that in, a, in the worst way possible. Just stop. Just wait for a minute, because that comment could make all the difference between somebody being tipped over the edge or not. You know, a kind word goes a lot further than a bad one. You know, if it's done the right way, you know, a bad a bad one can can do bad things, and I wouldn't want that on my conscience. So if we can if we can continue keep shouting the same thing and having the same voice for the right reasons, and it is very much for the right reasons. Um, then then we'll keep doing it you know and we have no intention of changing the name um the foundation is very keen to keep working with us uh you know and then we're looking at sort of seeing ways that we can increase that that voice this year working with um you know the LGBTQ plus I community as well with with sort of you know a bit more understanding and learning i think across the board that that you know we've certainly learned over the last few months that i think you know a lot more people need to do as well because there's a lot of stuff in, in the world that i don't get you know, but I, I, I don't have to. But what I have to do is be open to let people learn and, and provide the tools for people to do that, you know, and we all make our own choices and that's how it should be. Absolutely. I- Tip my hat. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I just think that you've just nailed it. <laughs> Again, I've not written it down. It's just papers actually, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, sure? it's from the heart, but it's not just me that feels that, it's the whole team. You know, everybody has that same mindset that, you know, this is how we want the festival to be. This is how we want everybody who's involved with the festival to be. Everybody we work with um, at the festival now as part of, you know, our learnings over the last sort of six months, our policies have now changed where they've got to have an inclusivity and diversity um, policy within their own business to be working with us because I think it's so important moving forward that 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 learning is continual um, because that will hopefully stop, what happened to Sophie happening again? If people have that mindset continually in business and, and their daily lives, absolutely. Yeah. So
2: I know Sylvia and the foundation go to the festival every year to be there for people to come speak to. Them. Do you have much interaction with them while they're there?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We always got, we always pop along and say hi, hello. Uh, you know, make sure they've got everything that they need. Um, you know, we're in diet. Rachel talks to them regularly throughout the year, uh, making sure that they've got everything that they need and and you know anything we can do to sort of make that voice better. You know, the biggest thing obviously is, is having that stage in perpetuity with the, the naming and everything else. You know, we've turned down tremendous amounts of money over the years in sponsorship for that stage um, because the voice and the requirement of what we want to actually say is worth more to us than the financials. You know, I mean, to put that in perspective, over the last 10 years, we've probably turned down quarter of a million pounds in, in revenues wow. where we, we could have taken a, a profit for the name. Um, but it, it it's... In the bigger scheme of things and the bigger picture you've got to balance up between right and wrong and you know that became a point of, of a bone of contention with us morally you know there's no problem bringing a sponsor on board if it will work with the naming of the stage but where a brand wants to come in and just take over the stage name you know that didn't sit necessarily that right with us so the brands have got to be prepared to work with us and you know the only way that would benefit i guess the the naming is ultimately it would spread the, the word and spread the name of Sophie even further um, which, which then it works. If it's if it's to bury the name, it, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't fit.
2: You're right, though. It works because, you know, say someone's coming to the festival, they go, Sophie Lancaster. Who, who the hell is Sophie Lancaster? They yeah. Google that. They find out all about it. They find out all yeah. about the foundation. It's a brilliant, brilliant idea. Yeah, you know. and
0: there's been a lot of people over the years who've learned so much from it, you know, and, and um, everybody I've spoken to that's that's ever learned about Sophie has been absolutely, you know, mortified and appalled that that happened. You know for absolutely no reason other than they dress a certain way, which there's no excuse for in today's society or even then. So um we've got to do as much as we can do collectively. Not just at Bloodstock, but everybody who who supports it as you guys are doing, uh, to sort of get that message out.
2: Absolutely. We had Sylvia on the show and that was that was when we, we messaged him we were like, okay, we want to work with you guys. I know we can't do a lot, but stick out your name in the background we'll wear the merch every week you know just try and raise that awareness we've spoken to them we want to try and come to Bloodstock if we can get the money together to go so we can help them out just like go around talk to people get people to come
0: to the we we endorse anybody that wants to come to the festival and and sort of you know help help, uh, the foundation everything else like that you know we welcome it with open arms because I think it's a very very important thing to discuss and talk to so you know you guys get yourselves down there this year you know we'll get you sorted there and and just come along and, and yeah do your thing Definitely. Yeah, so
2: we really want to try and do it. So moving on from that, though, do you have any particular standout moments from the festival over the years? Be it be good, be it be bad, just anything, you know, just, just like...
0: We had, had f- one it. of our first open airs, I think it was 2005, 2006. The stage was hit by lightning. Um what? One of the days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stage was hit by lightning. The fans thought it was actually part of the show. <laughs> it was just... How they figured we'd work that one out, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so damn metal you know. it's like how would you do it do it again we can't do it again <laughs> the wind hit the stage so bad that the stage went kind of like that a little bit so the stage kind of started leaning over but we got away with it somehow um so yeah that was a that was quite a bit exciting moment i guess where, where things could have gone wrong we had another year i think we we're due to open on the thursday and the wednesday morning we were told the second and third stages weren't coming because the contractor that at that time hadn't told us he was struggling and, and um, ended up going belly up the day before the show.
1: No. Oh, shit.
0: Yeah. Which is, you can imagine when you're trying to put a whole infrastructure in for two stages in 24 hours was a little trying. A little, um, Yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, you know, the, the community rallied together very quickly. And, and um, within I think about 18 hours, we had two stages installed with lighting PAs and everything else. It wasn't perfect. But it enabled the show to go on. Um, so yeah, we we learned with that and we still work with those contractors now, which which yeah, is great to do. So yeah, there's been there's been trying moments, I guess. You know, one of the big outstanding moments for me was was and I love getting you know a lot of foreign acts and foreign bands over as well, mm. you know, likes so we've got Bloodywood coming this year, and and you know, I'm a, I'm a big sort of fan of Ginger, I can't wait to see Ginger play this year, obviously everything going in the Ukraine, I hope that still happens, yeah. um, I'm sure it will, but you know, it's it's one of those things that you, you sort of, I love the international side of what we can do and bring in and, and sort of help give a lot of bands that next tier up, you know, we've been fortunate enough that we've been able to work with a lot of bands and give them their first UK headline shows you know, the likes of Kajira you know, they, they were sort of, first headline show at a festival was Bloodstock um, we've done it with Mastodon, we've done it with Ghost, we've done it with, um, oh, God, I can't remember the top of talking about now, but we've done it with Canvas bands where we've tried to do that throughout the year. And it's not because we've sort of felt they've needed a lift up, it's just that we've recognised the fact that that's where they now sit. You know, and it's enabled them to be more elevated in the UK because they're seen as headliners rather than, you know, we'll book them, stick a mid-card somewhere, you know. So it's, it's working with the bands to deliver help them you know and, and it helps us and we can deliver something a little bit more dynamic than than just the same old same old not
1: absolutely not. so obviously your lineups have just got bigger stronger huge mm. massive <laughs> from, from beginning to now did you ever think that the festival would be as successful as it is today
0: in the early years no i mean you know it's taken sort of we're over 20 years to be an overnight success I think is the story we are trying to go tell people but it's you know it's it's something that we'd always hoped from year one that we yeah. you know we had this dream of where it could sit and where it could be um, you know I won't sit here now and say we make millions of pounds from this festival we don't you know festivals kind of don't sort of make money until they're over 90 95% capacity that's the rule of thumb when it comes to sort of putting your mass on for cost versus everything else and if you don't sell your festival out you know, you, you don't make money as simple as that. Um, but whereas we, we tend to sort of work very passionately with um, the fans and we have such a belief because we are fans ourselves, you know, in the early years, there were mortgages on the line, there were houses on the line, there was a lot of personal risk with a lot of the directors that quite simply, you know, if this doesn't work, then it's not just a case of, oh, well, back to the day job. It's, right, where am I living you know, it's kind of, one of those. You go through a lot of that, you know, and, and and Paul and Rachel and Vicky and everyone's kind of you know we all sat in that circle and kind of went through those those dilemmas. But I think there was so much belief and passion behind what we we sort of believed Blockstop would be, we stuck with it. Whereas probably many would have given up and and sort of walked away. Um, you know, Vince in the early years decided after a few years that it, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't commit the time to it any longer and, and, you know, was doing his day job and he was very busy doing that. And it was at that point that Paul took the mantle himself to think, no, I'm not going to let this disappear. I believe it can be something. Um, and he did. And as as kids, we kind of all stepped up to the plate and had our roles defined and were able to sort of over the years, and it's taken time, um, to turn it into to what we'd like to think now is an amazing UK festival that fans really enjoy. You know, it's the biggest metal, independent metal festival in the UK, which is great. Um, but that's taken a tremendous amount of, of heartache and, and, as I said, colourful arguments or conversations. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, as I said, I had a full head of hair before I started all of this. And it's all gone. <laughs> that's why I always wear a hat now, you know. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was to yeah. say, you know Sorry. Tom's trick there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The amount it gets, we're wearing the hat. We're keeping the hat on. 100%. <laughs>
2: So before we wrap up, I'm going to have to ask, if if anyone is at home, they're on the fence about attending the festival, what would you say to them to convince them to buy that ticket to come along to Bloodstock?
0: The big differential with Bloodstock, I like to think, over a lot of festivals, and so many fans tell me the same thing, and and I've had it from bands and agents and managers and and people generally, is that when they walk through the gate, it's almost as though you're walking into an aura of difference. It's so family-feel orientated. And when I mean that, I don't mean there's lots of children running around. And, and what I mean is you feel at home, you feel relaxed, you feel part of everything. And it doesn't matter whether you're wearing denim leather or, or black or pink or whatever you have to, whatever you're comfortable in, you know, people just turn up. No one's judging. Everybody's just there for exactly the same reason. There's no trouble. There's no idiots. It's quite simply great beer, great music, great people. And it's just an opportunity to, to sort of let your hair down for a bit, or in my case, take my hat off. You know, <laughs> and, and just, be, just be yourself. And I think that's the big USP we tend to have. Because as, as festival promoters, directors, whatever you want to call it, we, we have our finger on every bit of touch point of the festival. So we walk the sites, we go to the car parks, the campsites, we walk around the traders. We constantly across the weekend continually walking about because we want every area of the festival to feel different and magical and we want it to feel as we would expect it to be so if we see something wrong or somebody says well i don't really I'm not really happy about that then we need to try and fix it on the weekend not the following year or anything else like that you can't always do that but where people come up to me and say oh i've just been such and such and they'll see me walking around and you know we talk to people and how you, how's your weekend going if we pick up on anything negative Let's try and fix it before they go home so they can see we listen. You know, so I think the big thing that we have over probably a lot of other events is is that personal touch, that personal feel and, and that closeness to the fans, because, as I said, we are fans. You know, that's the whole point. Beautiful.
1: Love it.
2: Absolutely love it. Tom, have you got any more questions?
1: Yes. Did you ever think that when you were a mechanic, uh, slash card working in car dealership and then your dad had this amazing idea yeah. that
0: you would be, so yourself, did you ever think this is where you'd be today? No, not even slightly. No, I, I, I don't tend to look more than five years ahead. You know, when I, when I was a mechanic, you know, I only think at that point then will I at some point become a master mechanic or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, two years into doing that and scrubbing grease out of fingernails, well, that wasn't going to happen, you know. And then it's, you know, you, I, I think we, we're all guilty of living day to day to a degree, because we don't ultimately know what the future holds. And we've been through so many changes in our lives, and certainly as you get older. Um, as, as I said, I'm immensely fortunate enough to be doing what I do. and I'm so so grateful that I'm allowed to do that. You know, that the I see Bloodstock now. I'm looking 10, 20 years ahead and seeing where the festival will be then. But it's, it's not about being five times bigger than we are today. It's about being able to deliver every single year. You know, and I think to do that, we have to keep hold of the audience size. So our aspirations aren't to get 50, 60, 70, 80,000 and be the next download or anything else. Our aspirations are to sit 20, 25,000 and deliver quality every single year as best as we can. Stunning. Stunning.
1: Thank you.
0: Love
2: it. Before we let you go, Adam. Would you like to play our little game we like to play with our guests?
0: Without knowing what it is, I'll give it a go.
2: <laughs> it's called the quick fire round. All we do is we ask you five questions and you answer them as quick as you can. And they're all about you. So you're going to know the answers.
0: Well, either that would make it until I've gone them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Favourite pizza topping?
0: I don't like cheese. So I have a meat feast, no cheese. It's I have a it thing. Is- it's a mental block, quite simply. It's mouldy milk. That's I can't get it out of my head. Cheese is just mouldy milk. Whoever came up with the concept of the, the milk's gone off? What's that taste like? They want shooting. It's just no.
1: Oh, Adam.
0: Sorry. Toppings. That's for? all right. No, no, I have, I have. It, well, basically, I like well, bread with red sauce on them. Really, isn't it, <laughs> I guess that's what it is. <laughs> with, with different toppings, that's my thing, and I do have that quite often. So that's fair. Yeah, yeah, That's fair it enough. Works for you, for it room, works Yeah. <laughs> Your favorite movie sequel. My favourite sequel, um, oh Christ, <sighs> to be honest, probably Matrix, I, I, I did enjoy the Matrix and the, the series off that, I thought they were great, you know, and they did get better and better to start with, not too keen on the latest one, I have to say, I think they kind of missed the trick on that, agreed, um, yeah. but the first, the first three certainly I thought were, were, were gold. Very rarely you he seems hear someone say something nice about the third matrix no it was all no it was all right but it's like anything isn't it I think they tend to get they try and get too clever don't they they do mm. one and two and they're great and then the third one comes along and you can just tell they've tried too hard yeah and yeah. they've just they've kind of ran out of steam right at the end you just think all oh, right could have been you, you nearly did it but yeah but the second one certainly I think was great second one is great that. I agree with that yeah, yeah.
2: What's your favourite snack
0: food? Um, Bourneville dark chocolate. Oh, good choice. Yeah. Great choice. Good choice. Good choice. I I, I get myself one of those big bars and it'll, it'll last me the week, but I like snacking a chunk off now and again, just when I'm working away. And yeah, it's... That, you know, that is
2: some incredible like, self-control. That will <laughs> bar last year a week. I'm impressed. Yeah,
0: it's, it's, we've got on here. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: why he said it. Uh, that'll do <laughs> yeah. No, it's just there, don't worry. <laughs> Who would play you in the movie of your life?
0: Um, Kevin Bacon. And I'll tell you for why. Because, no, 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 it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. I think it would be. It would be Johnny Depp. Now, the reason I say that is I was... um. Walking through Bloodstock one year, and a guy called Will Johnson, who looks after our VIP, I was walking through the field with him, and I can't get I, as I do most years. People come come up and say hello and and have a chat and everything else, and so you, you go in sort of ten feet stop, ten feet stop, ten feet stop. And he just turned around to me and he, and he said he, "He said something to him. And I said, mate, I, said, I just know how Johnny Depp feels now when he's walking around the streets. <laughs> and he's never let me forget that. And what every time he does now, every opportunity he gets, he's, he's photoshopped me and Johnny Depp in every possible <laughs> scenario you could think of. So it'd have to be Johnny Depp for that reason and that, that reason. Story,
1: That's amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't even know why I said Johnny Depp. It could have been any, any actor at all, but it was the first one that came out of my head, so...
2: Oh, and last question, if you were to get in a time machine, go back in time and give one piece of advice to young Mr. Adam Gregory, what would that be?
0: Don't give in. Keep going. Just simply that, keep going. I think it's, you know, we, we go through so many years of doubt um, where, and, and questioning ourselves and ability and, and you know, is this going to work? And I've had so many years, as, as everybody has, of, um, you know, worry and and you yeah, know, well, are, we, are we going to be able to sort of be still doing this in 10, 5, 10, 15 years' time? If I could go back and to the, certainly to the start of Bloodstock and just say, stick with it, it will work. I'd, I'd love to be able to do that because it would give me so many sort of nights I could sleep and <laughs> relax. But I'm sure, let's be honest, I'm sure we could all have that same argument for me. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Um... I think what you've done, what you've created, what your dad, you know, his vision that he had back in the year 2000 is just amazing. What you do for the, you know, for the metal community. And
0: we tip our hats. We thank you very much. And we salute you, So Thank you for everything. No, no, thank you. It's, it's important to remember, as I said, it's not just us, the fact that we sit where we do, if it, if it wasn't for the the hundreds of people that, that team up each year and deliver what we consider to be one of the UK's premier events, you know, it quite simply wouldn't happen. So for us, we're immensely grateful for everybody that's involved that, that spares their time, you know, whether it be a volunteer, whether it be a contractor or, or whatever, and a fan that makes bus stop what it is. And let's be honest, without the fans, there's no events. So well, no. yeah, we have we have to thank that and be grateful people turn up each year.
2: Absolutely. I'll piggyback on what Tom said, you know, what your family's created, it's it's inspiring for independent creators as well. Because you know, if your dad yeah. hadn't sat there one day and gone, eh, I'm gonna start a festival one,
0: let's pop over the road, you know. <laughs> And Sometimes you just have to, to, you have to be ballsy. Sometimes you just got to grab the opportunity and just give it a go. You know, the worst, I think the worst thing we can do is get to the end of life, you know, or into our 80s, 90s, whatever, and think, I wish I'd done that. Yeah. You know, I, I want to live my life and get to, get to my 80s and 90s, hopefully, and, and be able to look back and go, what a ride that was. You know, that's where I want to sit. I don't want to sit with regret. I want to sit with, I've done and I've tried. And you know what? I'm going to fail a lot along the way but I only need a few successes to make it all worth it.
2: Absolutely. love yeah. it. Thank you so much. Before we let you go, um, any plugs, social medias, you want people to go check out?
0: No, just get along to bloodstock.uk.com. Grab your tickets if you've not got them already, um, you know, and, and sort of just come with us and enjoy the weekend and just have, have, have some memories made. That's all it's about now. Love Create it. the memories.
2: Absolutely love it.
1: And we definitely hope to see you there as well. We uh, we are planning on uh, coming down, so no oh, good. Yeah, we're going to try our best. Nice. Yeah, absolutely, Adam <laughs> sir. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We no, really- my
0: pleasure at all. And uh, yeah, and I really appreciate your time and taking the interest in uh, talking about bloodstocking. Oh, absolutely, no. absolutely, and it will be out next Friday. Send us a link for it, if you will, and we'll get it shared for you as well. Ah, oh, oh. you're true, Jen. True, Jen. Our pleasure. <laughs> Have a wonderful evening, Seth. You take you care of yourself. Care. Soon. See you later, take man. Care, bye.
1: Bye-bye. What an incredible conversation. I loved this so much. It was, it was great. It was fascinating. So great to find out how festivals really work and operate and how much manpower it needs and what they need for this, that, and the other, how to get the bands on board. Insane. And literally, like I said before the interview started, how literally, if you have put your mind to something and you really wanted to work that badly, if you work your fucking ass off, look what happens. It's amazing. Ta-da.
2: And I just love that story of getting two stages within, what was it, 48 hours or something like that. Yeah. Just nuts. The stuff that you have to do, it's amazing. That's there are
1: some cool. wonderful people out in this world, guys. We hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did recording it. Mr.
2: Stevens. Yes, hi It's audience participation time. Let's participate. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to participate in Jamie's Participation Challenge. This week, I said we've all had those awkward conversations on a first date. Someone always says something they regret. Our question to you this week is what is the worst question you can ask while on a first date? Use your imagination and think of something or even better, tell us one from experience. Do
1: you have anything, sir? This gutter is really nice in this building, isn't it? Look how they've got the pipe going all the way across the, world, the wall and down. Oh, the water will flow lovely out of there and how they've paved the floor. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a pretty dreadful. I guess question. you're the most boring person in the world. Yeah, pretty much. I like that. What about you? <laughs> to be honest, I couldn't really drag anything from experience because
2: I've never really dated. I've never really been my thing. I've never really done it. What but- did you to back you in your first date? Uh, main thing I remember about mine and Becky's first date is
1: her telling me Star Wars was her favourite film and I hugged her that hard I hurt her head oh. <laughs> I think me and the half we went to Tiny Rebel and we were chatting and we'd been chatting for about four hours and hadn't even realised impressive. She had, to get, she had to get a train back yeah nuts that was that great. quite impressive it was a great first date literally just set the standard it was brilliant absolutely brilliant actually Thomas was scared of fish why would you be scared of fish not anymore, but she was. Fair enough. Yeah. Should we get some uh,
2: audience answers? Let's do it. Jennifer DeBartolo says, do you know how much your kidney goes for on the black market? Incidentally, <laughs> do you have both your kidneys? <laughs> <laughs> Stan Harker wrote, what are your political and religious beliefs? Because nothing brings people closer than politics and religion. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Matt Wolfenden. Ugh, I hope my wife isn't working here tonight. <laughs> Uh, Alex Ollium says, I have an actual experience to tell. We met at Slug and Lettuce, 7pm on a Friday. Obviously, it's busy. His first sentence after introduction crap, obviously. So you must have a lot of questions for me. What do you want to ask? What? Pardon? <laughs> uh, what do you mean? Who says that? One. I'm guessing this guy didn't get a second date. No. no. Who, who, who does that? No one. I, what? There's. I've had some quite shocking answers to this for the no, real I'll life bet. story ones. Humans are absolute fuckers. <laughs> Emma Robinson, genuine experience. Do you like swimming naked in the sea?
1: Right. Sat on a first date. Who does that? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The point, yeah. All the time.
2: <laughs> I, just, I just love going to, to the beach and stripping if, off. It's tradition. If no one asks me, then I'm not interested. Beth and Thomas, I got asked on a date once, will you come to a Coldplay concert with me? I think we all know that was the last time I saw him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Chris Nation, what's your mom look like? Just want to know what to expect if we go the distance. <laughs> <laughs> that really made me chuckle. <laughs> uh, Emils Solmanis. Can I have some of your chips? (laughs) I don't know why you've really made me laugh. (laughs) Who asks for a person's food? No, it's my
1: chips. I mean, I always finish in the house now. Every time she she knows, so she's always like, I can't eat more. I'm like, fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have
2: that. (laughs) Daniel Horton. One time a girl told me that she really likes Taylor Swift. There's nothing wrong with that in itself. But it was her response to the question, do you like country music? What did she say? That was her response. I like Taylor Swift.
1: Oh. Yeah. (laughs) She was a country artist. She was
2: apparently, I've heard this before. (laughs) Abby Abby Austin, what size are your feet and can I take a picture? (laughs) (laughs) Ethan <laughs> Robinson, where do you keep your money while
1: you're asleep? <laughs> in the bank, I fucking hope. Does anyone keep money in their bedroom anymore? <laughs> in underneath the mattress.
2: <laughs> Kyle Crabtree, I had a last ask me one. What I do for a job? Normal, typical question. So I said I'm a care assistant. Her response was, "So would you wipe my ass for me if you needed to?" What?
1: You know she's a keeper if she asks me what she's like that. I was
2: going to say to be fair if that would get a second day out of me that's an incredible response. <laughs> yeah. Sam Lawrence says some girl genuinely once asked me if we were to date would you wax my arsehole for me? <laughs> the look
1: of horror on your face. That's another one I'd be like yeah. Why not? Shits and gigs. If have to do that, I'd be like alright no worries. My brown
2: how, how, girl.
1: how do I rip it?
2: Oh, oh,
1: oh no
2: <laughs> oh right Nina Hewitson says how would you like the opportunity of a lifetime and sell time shares?
1: oh Jesus Christ <laughs> can you imagine does that say the zest
2: Matt Rose was that your mum who dropped you off uh, is she available <laughs> and last but not least it's Mr Graham Arnold her I thought you said you were a bodybuilder me Whips out my Lego Batman figure. <laughs> I thought I thought you said you were a personal trailer. Me whips out my phone and loads up Pokemon Go. Fuck
1: so. <laughs> <laughs> Good though. Most Graham responses ever. We love it. We love it <sighs> when everybody participates. Thank you so much for everyone that threw in your answers. We really, really do appreciate it more than you could possibly ever imagine. I know Jamie loves it. We so do me now every week. Yeah. So when you come up with dudes like that, mate, this is what's going to happen. Absolutely. But if you enjoy participating in Jamie's challenges and you enjoy being treated by Callum and you enjoy my journal and you enjoy the interview and all the shit before that and all the other bollocks that we talk about, then check out the other 30 editions of the Chronicles of Podcast. You can find them anywhere you get your podcast from Spotify, Apple, Google, Matchmaker FM, Heart Radio. I don't fucking know any of those bad boys, you'll find us available on there, The Chronicles of Podcast. You can also come to our YouTube channel where you can watch our show and watch the interview as well. At The Chronicles of Podcast, hit that subscribe button, press the bell to get notified and please leave us comments. Let us know anything you feel, anything you want. You can throw shit us if you really want to. As long as you're commenting, that's all that matters to us. You can also find our hashtag WBW, way back wednesdays on there as well which are from our previous channel bringing our old interviews to our new one hopefully you enjoyed the chronicles of melissa cross that was out this week that woman is just spectacular and we love her more than you could possibly ever imagine you can also come follow us over on facebook at the chronicles of podcast hit the like button i don't know comment just throw away if you like in there we put all of our shows in there so you can see every them every single wednesday and friday Jamie, Um, do you know where else you can follow us? uh, Down an alley in the dark On the Twitter? Um, At TCOpod. And do you know where else you can follow us, Jamie? Very slowly in a car. Exactly. On the Instagram. That makes more sense. At TCOpod. You can also follow us on the TikTok at TCOpod. We post on there regularly. So please come and find us. Follow us. Share all of our shit. You can also come to our brand spankingly, sexually, incredibly, wonderfully, gorgeously, beautiful little website at www.thechroniclesofpodcast.com. You can find all of our episodes and shows on there. You can find out all about how the show started. You can find out all about us. And you can also find out all about our wonderful sponsors that you see behind us. The Chronicles of Podcast. Downloaders, reviewers, sharers, raters, tell all... Of your friends about us. Allow us to enjoy us. And most importantly, always keep the receipt. Oh, always. Although you're never getting a refund. Not even within 28 days.
2: Must be okay. French, wasn't it? Sorry. That's all right, Jamie. Didn't mean, I didn't mean to get aggressive there.
1: I'll get back into my corner.
2: As always, I need to say thank you to our wonderful friends that help us every single week, because we can't do this without them. First off, that beautiful music maestro, Mr. Matt Roberts. You hear his music every single segment, the start of every episode, the end of every episode. He's everywhere. Mr. Matt Roberts' music. Look for him on Spotify. Follow him on all the socials. He is just pumping out new songs like nobody's business. Oh, yes. So go listen to them all and go into our archives on the WBWs and go check out the episode all about his album Vida. Also we have to say thank you to Stay Cozy, Braden Barry and his incredible clothing line. Honestly, some of the coziest comfiest clothing you will ever own. This hoodie, I don't like taking it off. I would sleep in it if I could. It's just so damn comfy. (laughs) (laughs) Here's my heart. Here you go Braden. Have mine. Give me hoodies in return. Um, Go on the website. Find everything you want. Stick them in your basket. Throw that checkout coat Try that again. Try that discount code. The Chronicles at checkout. Get yourself 10% off your entire order. And of course, as always, as we spoke about in our interview as well, the Sophie Lancaster Foundation stamping out prejudice, hatred, intolerance everywhere. They are doing their thing. I've shared one of their posts the other day, how they've gone to school and delivered and delivered their presentation if you work in a school if you know someone that works in a school if you know someone who knows someone that works in a school if you know someone who knows someone that once met someone that works in a school pass on this message and get them to get in contact with the sophie lancaster foundation because this program is incredible and needs to be rolled out to as many people as possible so please make it happen and people who are listening to this if you'll come check out this episode because of the Bloodstock festival go and see the foundation at the festival you will find them in their tent Go chat and go say hello to Sylvia. And yeah, just, just just help spread that message. And of course, last but not least, audio drama feed. You can find all your audio dramas on Spotify. There is so many to choose from. You're never going to get bored, including Val Toby, starring this beautiful
1: man. Hello. Yes, exactly. Go check out Valby Bounty Hunters, Marty and Mars. There's plenty on there for you to enjoy with brand new shows coming and sequels coming as well. Well, Jamie, I have to say it's been another great week again. It has been another great week. I enjoyed it very much. I do. Interviews are just getting stronger and stronger as the weeks go by. We do enjoy doing the show. We love it so much. So please go and check us and find us on all the socials on the YouTube on the Spotifys, on the Googles, on the Apples, everywhere you can find us, the oranges, the pears, et cetera. Hit the subscribe button, follow us, comment, get yourself some notifications, save it, share it with everyone. Just do anything and everything you can to spread the word of the Chronicles of Podcast. And as for this week, we're going to see you next week. Goodbye, everybody.